<coughs> Welcome to the Fader Connections Path of Exile Community Podcast episode. No, oh wait, we have to redo that. My PoE game sound is <laughs> up in the background. My spectres, dude, my spectres in my hideout. There wasn't enough uh, enthusiasm there. <laughs> no, also it's bad I'm, to have I'm the game running. I'm keeping this bit. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the. Faded Connections podcast, episode number 28, Faded Connections, a Path of Exile community podcast, hosted by Ballermage. Hello. And myself, Catmaster OP. Tonight, we're going to talk about uh, Delirium, of course, obviously, but we also got two very special guests. We got uh, the one and only Gazi TV, mostly known for minion builds, but loves all kinds of playstyles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you love for minion builds. <laughs> you love being reduced to minion builds, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, hi. And we, and we got uh, the one and only Crouching Tuna, who's uh, very, very dedicated to to Dell farming. What's up, guys? Me, uh, tuna, the Delver. <laughs> yeah, so I'll directly hand over the word to Tuna. Uh, tuna, don't you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you've been up to uh, and how's the league been going for you? Sure. Um, this league, I primarily focused on just, uh, you know, like playing primarily solo. I started the league playing with, with a friend of mine. We played the first four days together. Uh, I did like boss farming and stuff. And um, that went pretty well. And then around like day four, we split. And I went directly into Delve. And then I pushed down to depth 6,200 solo. And then from there, we played like, I think one week. Um, I played uh, with two of my friends. We went like a little bit deeper, like 7k or something. And then now I'm just out to spend all the currency I made through the league. This is the point of the league where I'm just, you know, like chilling, making random builds, taking suggestions from chat, and just having fun building stuff. And it's been really good. It's been how a fun much, league. How much currency did you make? Um, this league, uh, I made about 17 mirrors <laughs> playing solo. <laughs> that sounds insane. Yeah, from Delve. Uh, mainly from like resonators and stuff. I invested like about 7 to 8 mirrors into my solo delving build. And then I have about 1 mirror into my duo group build. And then I ended up with 10 mirrors and 800x at the end. But it was kind of like over time, right? So things appreciate, things depreciate. Bought mirrors for cheaper, now they're more expensive, things like that, right? But uh, like at 6K, from 6 to 7K, we were making like 2 to 250X a day uh, with the with group build, with the two-man split. So that was pretty good. That sounds crazy. I mean, like when you just said, like, I'm just spending right now all the <laughs> currency that I made, I was like, well, I mean... Can you really spend that much time spending? Isn't it like one, two days and like really juicing out one builds, uh, one or two builds? Yeah, isn't the it done then. But uh, like, like when I you really have seventeen have mirrors worth. Oh. I mean, I have oh. to, like ten mirrors left, right? And I spent like three mirrors in the past two days trying to uh, just buy stuff, but I bought I like could, two I mirrors could spend with ten mirrors gems. today, like if I had it. Yeah, I suppose like with the heraldry sure. builds, that's like something that you can definitely do, right? But I yeah. vowed to not play those builds this league, which uh, also <laughs> chatted like maybe not too happy with that, but I just 
primarily I'm not really too interested in going into that, mainly because I don't want to break a fuse. Uh, I've done that in the past, played the best things, and then the game's never been the same. So I'd rather just play the good old, good old, if you know what I mean. That That is the major concern, having played this, but two, two of these builds, the second one's nearly to level 100 again. Right, like how <laughs> can you go back? The major concern and... is like, what do I do? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm the kind of personality that gets really affected by that. Like, I would probably not have as much fun with the game ever again, like, knowing that. And that's kind of happened to me already with Tornado Shot uh, back in the day. Like, I was a, I just, it's my favorite skill, right? And still to this day, I'm like crying about it. So I'd rather not repeat that <laughs> to like for self preservation. But that's it also, like, some fundamental first. issues with the build, I think. Sorry, go on. No, that's why I don't play headhunters because you know once you've done it, it's like any other clear speed build that doesn't use headhunter. It's like yeah, feels, yeah, fair feels bad. <laughs> I have the same thing with rampage. Every time I play rampage, I notice that other builds that don't have rampage are just not as nice. Well, the good thing about rampage is you can fit that into pretty much every build if you want. True. That's true. Yeah. Can always weapon swap or belt swap. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Weapon swap, uh, Saint Victor's medal. But uh, you can even rampage like minion builds and stuff. Like, yeah. Well, they did nerf that, so like the rampage buff doesn't affect minions anymore. It doesn't give them the bonuses. You just get the overall effects. So that's why I don't even bother rampage anymore. No, it still helps. Not that I only play. <laughs> Not that I only play summoner builds, but <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Just lean into it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what 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 kind of builds did you play, Gazi? How was your league so far? Uh well, the the way I play most leagues uh, nowadays is I go in in a duo with a friend, whom I give everything that's up for sale, so I don't have to trade because <laughs> I don't want to trade. So basically, evading game. trade, just like I am. But then in trade league instead of in SSA. Yeah, but the the deal is pretty simple. Uh, w whenever I need something, I'll tell him, and he's giving it to me. <laughs> and then when I'm done with a build, I recycle it. And the way we re we recycle the build is that I give him everything for the character, and then I make a new one, and I rinse repeat that process most of the time. Uh, the past few leagues, he's been making more currency than me, but um, I got kind of done with the league mechanic pretty early on. It wasn't. Wasn't it didn't have enough depth for me to enjoy hammering my head to it all the time. So instead of doing that, I decided to do something else I'm enjoying a lot, which is crafting. So I ended up with me making the most currency this league. So I, I was shipping currency to him instead. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been uh, it's been fun doing a lot of crafting. So if Tuna, if you want to waste some of your currency, I got a couple of projects yeah. <laughs> you can invest too. <laughs> yeah, Actually, uh, ended up pretty well this league. I made. Uh, three items that would be worth a mirror plus so that's been pretty fun actually but mostly i've been just uh, randomly crafting different types of uh, profit items so i've been setting up crafts that are meant to be profitable with a, mm. a handful of different outcomes which is basically what you want to do when you're profit crafting you don't want to lock yourself in i want to have this these specific four five six mods because then there's usually 100%. better to just buy it <laughs> so yeah um, exactly yeah, so the crafting has been very fun. I've been uh, doing a couple of videos on that and showing people how it's done. But the problem is that uh, with the process of me getting really big items doing this, 
uh, I had too much currency because the way I play the game is I make very low budget approaches to the builds I play as most of my guides are targeting new players. So I don't usually want to invest too much into my builds. So it ends up with me having insane gear in my stash and <laughs> sitting with garbage on my character. <laughs> and then I just recycle it. But uh, I think that I've had more fun with crafting the actual League mechanic this league, truth be told. Well, that's basically what I've been doing. Uh, towards the end of the league now, I've been playing a lot of Dota 2 on the side, actually. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dota the superior mobile. You got to hear it. I, I just wish I could get into a new MOBA. It's just so much to learn. I, I'd fall behind like two leagues. <laughs> yeah. Can't new do that. MOBA, like I've given you League of Legends. I've I've given League of Legends a couple of fair tries. Well, not a couple. I've given it one fair try. Uh, first time I played it, I played for fifteen minutes, screamed, shut the game off, and bailed. <laughs> Second time, I um tried to give it a fair shot but uh, i was no I, it was not a fair shot and the third time i did it i actually went in with the mindset that this is not dota <laughs> it's just another moba game and um no it, league of legends has really cool approaches to it and with the way they've um embraced the genre but i mean i played dota one for tens of thousands of hours and then dota two i was paid to play for its fourth fifth position before I started streaming in Dota 2. Um, so it's, it's what, uh, what the Catmaster was saying. Learning a new MOBA or learning a MOBA means you have to learn all the heroes, or everything they can do, all the tips and tricks of every hero, all the items, and then the meta of the game. Yeah, I mean, the counters, it's insane. Yeah. And then after that, you have to learn the map all, you know, for, I'm not sure how you do it in League of Legends, but all the creep pulling, when to deny, when not to deny, when to rise, when not to rise. It's so much, but I guess that's why I enjoy playing MOBAs, or specifically Dota, because there's so many different layers that League of Legends doesn't have, whereas League of Legends has other things like more skill shots than what Dota has, which is more towards individual skills rather than individual um, game knowledge, which is required from Dota. So I'd say that Dota is more complex, but then again, League of Legends has been promoting itself to um, to be more new beginner-friendly, which I think is very good for League of Legends, and it's a good game, but I'm too stuck in Dota. I think <laughs> you hit the nail on the head when you said that they both have good approaches to some things and like neither one is a perfect game. It's just like they have good and different systems here and there and they share the same underlying principle. I mean, mm. Definitely definitely I'd love I prefer to play Dota, but like I've just played so many hours of League that I'd never I mean, it's really hard for me to get into other ARPGs as well. Like, it also takes so much time, right? Uh, PoE is just an incredibly MOBAs, deep game. Like, you have different, a lot of different MOBAs, to be fair. You have the, the is it first person? or I'm not sure, the Smite? And then you right. have Heroes of Worth I played a little bit as well. But it's like these other MOBAs I've tried has been having a lot of other issues. Like I played Heroes of New Earth before I went harder in Dota 2 and they released this Heroes new Heroes New Earth really good, actually. Like, oh, I always yeah. wanted to get into like, that uh, one. That was what bridged us between... Because I remember when like Warcraft 3 went like pretty much dead, like Battle.net. Uh, mm. I was also playing like Dota 1 for since I was like 14 years old, all the way to like I was yeah. 18, right? So like four years of it, like super intensely. And then... Yeah. That kind of shut down, and here's a new Earth game before Dota 2 came out, and Dota 2 was still in process, right? That was actually really, really good. 
But then yeah, like Dota 2 was... came out, and I and by that time I was like I was done with MOBAs, I think. But uh, right. that's also why I I think like if you've grown up playing Dota One, there's no way that you can play League of Legends. There's absolutely no way. It just feels it just feels yeah, nowhere, nowhere close to as good. <laughs> yeah, but I like the idea. Like when Heroes and New Earth came out, it's like it it was the middle ground between League and, and Dota. I don't like with no. the other later changes, which is why I moved back to Dota when Dota Two came out. But like they released this hero, what was it Emerald Emerald Warden with a bird above her, and uh, like the balancing was better. It has been handled better from Dota and League of Legends in general. I mean, I played yeah. before I stopped playing Heroes New Earth. I did two thousand games in a row, only playing Emerald Warden, and that's how I go out, got up to the top rating brackets and played with people that played for teams and whatnot. Two thousand games in a row, <laughs> then I stopped playing the game. It's absolutely insane. You can get pretty I've, stuck on a hero, though. I've literally yeah. never even installed Dota. <laughs> like, I remember Dota the 1, I had, like... Right. Wait, so you're, you're playing, playing League, Balor? No. I, I've installed Mobile, League. Right? I've definitely played yeah. it for at least 20 or 30 hours total. <laughs> I don't know, they just don't... Those games don't entertain me at all. Okay. Are you one of those that play RuneScape? Like oh lord, no. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that either. <laughs> I got I the feeling that people that play League of Legends play RuneScape and people that play Tibia are the ones that play Dota. Oh, yeah. I've never, never played any of those. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> This is like listing games I've never touched. <laughs> I really like RuneScape because uh, I'm, I'm just a grindaholic, I think. And I just really like those those grinds, like something to look forward to, something to aim towards. Yeah. It's the same reason why I like ARPGs, but also yeah. ARPGs. Like, can you feel that with Path of Exile? They're, you like plateau at a certain point, right? Which is maybe why yeah. I like Delve so much because it's like you can keep you can stay occupied for like almost two months in in the league, right? Just going down to six k and doing all the bosses and all that cool stuff, and also that's, the skill progression and that's why I like this league so much. This league, yeah, I feel that I have you, a you could... 550x herald stacker, right? But I can juice mapping content so hard that it can actually kill the herald stacker. Yeah, fair enough. Like, you can make the content so difficult, there is no <laughs> chance that a normal build would be able to even exist in this map. Tier 19, 100% delirious maps. I, yeah, I disagree. Actually, with that, I mean, I've been I've been doing some boosts that you can see here in the footage. I see that on the stream right now. What I'm doing in that gameplay footage right now, I am boosting people for challenge and experience in simulacrums. Yeah, that's simulacrums that's what I'm doing. And you're sitting there AFK. I, yeah, I'm crafting whilst can, I'm boosting. I think <laughs> that's stands, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I can stand still in simulacrums. Those aren't hard content. No, but the thing is, I, I do the same thing in a, in a tier 18, 100% Delirium map as well. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm doing. And I'm not even high herald, herald stacking. We have a Venge playing a um, close to ethical <laughs> aura bot, but no heralds whatsoever. So it's just an aura bot sitting there. And because of the, the jewels that are available, you don't even have to invest that much to, to become pretty much unkillable in the, that type of content. But yeah, that, it does include having a friend 
uh, or someone you pay to pretend to be your friend for a while to be an aura bot. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my gear there don't have that much, maybe a little bit overkill weapon and amulet, but for the most part, I strip the budget on my character to make it more accessible for new players. And I'm AFK in tier 16, Elder or Shaper maps, and tier 18, 100% Delirium. If you're not regularly dying in your maps, you are not doing maps this hard. Like it's just that. I mean, I, I, this, get pretty... this build is nearly immortal. It's a it's a herald stacker. It's five hundred and fifty x worth of a herald stacker, and I die several times a day. <laughs> like it's just it. What it, do you, you die can... to though? One shots or like bursts? Or... Uh, it's usually over time, but you know I just don't log. It's usually over a few seconds. It's just. I don't know. The unique watchstones really bump up the difficulty quite a bit. And they're all, all of them are either 80 or 100% delirious, usually like 120 quant, full sextants, full scarabs, prophecies, four unique watchstones. Like everything is. Uh, I don't know. The maps, this, the maps have never been this hard um, ever, which is good because I get to decide the difficulty of the maps that I want. Like, I wouldn't be playing these kind of maps on a different build that wasn't this Herald Stacker. And I would be bored of this Herald Stacker if I didn't have content this hard to push up against. My normal, like, content structure is to do a whole bunch of builds that cost between 2 and 10x per build. I, I never make expensive builds because my 2x build can do everything in the game. Except deep, I mean, deep, deep delve, but that is just plain not true. This league, like you just, you just, you just, you cannot do this difficulty of stuff on ninety nine percent of builds. You don't necessarily have to be a herald stacker. There are a few other builds that can do it, but everyone's that's doing this sort of stuff is investing heavily, and it has finally given me a reason to bother investing more than at maximum 20 exalts which is what i've ever paid on a build in the last since incursion i've never made a build more expensive what do you think is the biggest contributor is 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 it delirium is it 100 delirium on the maps or is it the other things is it like the abundance Um, of sex uh scarabs that we get now and these uh sextants the other stuff makes it easier to do because i'm able to buy all of the scarabs and stuff but they always existed before it 100% delirious maps is the really the only change and the fact that it interacts with every single other bit of content that you put on so all of the juice we normally do is all getting buffed by the delirium i I love it i don't i I feel like a lot of people are like they're they're too hung up on herald stacking is overpowered it's it's not herald stacking that is overpowered it is the fact that cluster jewels are stackable that's overpowered What's the mm. highest DPS you can do now? It's a Herald Stacker that reached a little bit over a billion Shaper DPS, right? Uh, I haven't seen anything higher. Two billion even. Okay. I can make a Spectre bill for a fraction of that currency that does 700 million Shaper DPS right now. I mean, it's like... Sentries are OP as well, yeah. That's not even Sentries, like, uh, it's Slave Drivers. But doing that, okay. do you also get 10,000 <laughs> effective life, 90% physical reduction, 90% all res... Uh, no, you don't. You, cap, don't get full, um, <laughs> you don't get that full defense because of the budget drop yeah. on. But if you invest enough currency into it, then you can get that as well. 
But then again, uh, to make that type of bill have a decent clearing, you'll have to switch to state versus head redemption centuries and you drop about 30 to 40% of your DPS. But then again, everything dies when you do 300 million J per DPS anyways. Hmm. So I mean, it's like, I just think it's it's because of the stacking effect of cluster jewels. Imagine if they would remove cl- clusters stacking, make the make the cluster jewels provide keystones rather than notables, at which point you can't stack them, right? And if that were the case, then you'd see a larger variety of people using a um, higher diversity, a higher variety of different type of cluster jewels in builds rather than, oh, I want to have a precise commander and vengeful uh, whatever commander stacking, or I want to have vicious bite with renewal, or I want to have the purposeful harmony or whatever they're called. For That's the usually stack. okay, though, if you think about it, though, because like in the sense that like the big problem lies in medium jewels. Like large jewels, it's like, how many can you fit in the build, right? Like, Realistically, like three. If you three, put four in your build, your build's already pretty wrecked, right? Like you're 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 traveling across the entire tree to get that. The real the real problem, I think, and I think this is a big problem for the game, and you need to sort this out because I think right now Path of Exile is like is not in a good state in terms of builds. Like I know people are having fun with Herald builds, but I don't think it I don't think it's good. And I also think a lot of other things are not good in the game, like. In terms of like how much you can stack, and I just think I just think you shouldn't be able to stack medium clusters like we do now. I think it's just not okay for the game, like at all. I don't think it's good that you should be able to just shit on all content on a build that can literally do everything, like no matter what, like everything. Yeah. Like like this build is better than like specialized ZHP deep delver builds. It's the best boss killer. It's the best mapper. Like so, why play anything else? Like, the game becomes super boring. If you can only play one build, it's the best build. And if you're a min max, you're like you're only gonna play that build. Well, so I think I think we're in a we're in a place I mean, where like, a, GG really needs to do something. Or there's a small counter to that, which is it's not just one build though. We're just calling all herald stackers the same thing. But as yeah, a herald but... stacker, the diversity is literally endless. Like literally, so pick your though. favorite skill and yeah. favorite playstyle. And that's what you can play, and it will do really fucking fantastic. But are the trees yeah. all the same? Because you just fit yeah, as many voices or two socket larges in and mediums? Yeah. Yes. That makes it even worse for me, you see, because I think that kills build identity. Like, where it's like, oh yeah, this build is so strong, it doesn't matter what the fuck you play. Just yeah. just chuck a skill gem in, play it on but, a four link, but it, it doesn't matter. But it does mean you can play whatever you want. Which I means suppose, but you can do that before. And the possibility of build diversity has never been higher than this league. You can literally play any skill. Except yeah, maybe conversion trap. Maybe we've got like more build diversity, but less build identity, right? So yeah. I Which guess it's like... I don't think um, is a bad thing for a league. There's a very yeah, large difference league, yeah. between having it in the league and having it permanently. Obviously, if when it goes core, they're going to nerf it, and I'm happy about that, because right. I wouldn't want this build to stay, because then it would be the only build I ever played. But having builds come through this powerful while a league's going on isn't, I don't think, bad. Especially yeah, considering how much it costs now. Like, it's not like you're getting it for free. <laughs> yeah, but also but you gotta are... consider how much currency is shitting out this league. Like, I think this league, like, it's just like everyone's so rich like you just afk in delirium and you make just an incredible amount of currency i mean there are there are builds where you get the power for free i mean there at least like where you don't even stack cluster jewels 
I don't de- I don't even think they're gonna nerf specters enough, like not even close to enough, because there there are so many different aspects of how you can do with both redemption sentries, baronites, and um slave drivers right now, especially with things that are um let's call it indirect more multipliers like Algor Mortis making the enemies take increased uh percent damage, which is post-calculation of your damage increasement stats, and then you do more of that, which is just absolutely disgusting, and you can get yeah. disgusting numbers of DPS with nothing. You can reach about 10,000 energy shield on a simple Spectre build, sit with five Spectres, where each Spectre is doing at least 5 to 10 million J per DPS, and you don't even stack cluster duels to reach that point. There's, so, I mean... There's literally one Spectre build on all of POE Ninja that's over 10k. Energy shield, a single one. Sorry, but then again, like it's, well, it's really when I typed in because... Ray's Spectre, there was one. There's a whole bunch at eight and a half to nine, and one over ten, which I thought. Yeah, was but weird. yeah, I'm just saying that it is possible. That doesn't mean that it's it's definitely it's not the best way to do it. As you can see in the PV Ninja, that one is a CI build. The one below is low life, for example. Because the thing is, at this point, most people, they don't settle with 5 to 10 million J per EPS per Spectre. They want to have 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 million J per EPS per Spectre because they can in the current week. So they don't care if they have 10,000 energy or if they have six to 7,000. So, I mean, it's like, it's one of those leagues where everyone's just going glass cannon style because it doesn't matter if you're squishy, if everything's dead two screens away because you just enter the map, right? Mm. Yeah. I think it's almost the same with mines as well, if you think about it. Like, there's so many layers to what makes them so strong that it's almost like things that can't be addressed. Like, I think it's the first point that you made in this conversation. Because, like, I think mines as well, like, you know, they're... For example, like there's this deep delve build, right? I shot miner. It's like, how do you nerf it? Do you nerf I shot? Do you nerf mines and like screw everyone over? Do you nerf I shot? Screw all all the people that are playing it normally, like, because it's just like when you're stacking all these like different powers that they've introduced into the game, like little by little, and builds become like slightly un unnerfable to some extent. It's not just like oh we're gonna address this issue. It's like well now you gotta address literally everything, like, and you're gonna like, screw a lot of people over. Move. Hmm. You can fix it in one move. As you delve deeper, there should be a very small, flat amount of damage that's just done to you that doesn't interrupt regen all the time to get rid of the Z zero health builds entirely. No, that's gonna hurt uh like ES builds a lot more than it will like life builds and still you have... you're just gonna go for like leech meta. You'd have it like so that. it doesn't interrupt like you'd have it as like I don't know what you call it, true damage or whatever shit that exists outside of the rules so it doesn't Right. Interrupt your regen or recharge, recharge rate or anything like that. Just, but there's another aspect to that as well, right? Because we're talking about nerfing specific builds that are requiring nerfs because of how insane they are for specific contents. But we also have to keep reminding ourselves about the simple fact that most people don't reach red tier maps. Most people don't reach yellow tier. They don't even reach white tier maps. But if we're trying to stick with the people that are actually playing in maps in the game, then again, most of those don't ever get to that point. So the fraction of people or the player base that actually get to the point where, okay, this build is absolutely disgusting because it can reach X amount of thousand depth, or it can reach, or it can do this and that. They're not that many. And then we have the other no. aspect where you have the situation with the Herald stack, and we'll have a lot of discussion about this. I'm sure you guys all have had discussion with your communities about the Herald stacking. And I, I don't I don't like it, but another argument towards 
it being good for the for the game was that suddenly there was like you mentioned before Valor, suddenly there was something worth chasing something worth investing towards getting a goal for them to get to so i mean there's there's that aspect of it as well but ultimately the people that want that place these builds can play them or even have the knowledge or experience and time to get to that point are very 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 few I hate to I hate to interrupt and I have to interrupt at this point because we're going all over the place already. But to to focus back on the Delirium League in particular, because we're talking about the new power level, the new power ceiling of builds, which is kind of okay in the context of, you know, we, we like that there's so much new challenging content and that there's even with the best builds you can still die in the very, very highest of content. Um but uh Going forward, I mean, Delirium will not be the ongoing league. Next league, Delirium will in some way or another go core or not go core. Um, the, uh, if that new power ceiling falls away, obviously we like the, all those builds need to be brought down, right? Like, I'm uh, to sum it down to one question: like, do you think Delirium should go core as it is right now? Do you think that? Um, basically, like they did it with other leagues, that they should take it and make it a 10% occurrence in maps, and then you still get your delirium orbs and you still have access to that 100% delirium, access to the simulacrum, access to everything that, that the league has. And what about cluster jewels in, in the same context? I mean, that's a different topic. Maybe just answer first, like, do you think delirium as a mechanic should be in the game um, at 10% or more? Well, I can go off there first, and I feel that um, Delirium, is, there's a lot, of, a lot of layers to this response, but basically, um, I love the aspect of the cluster jewels, which is increasing diversity and, and variety in build creation, which I think is really good for the game in general. It just needs a lot of balancing. But the league itself, uh, no. Um, most new people, I, new players I talk to they that have when I say new, I mean people have played the game for a couple of leagues already, if not longer. They, most of them don't ever use essences other than as an alcor when they're leveling, then they don't use essences. There are plenty of them that never use fossils, plenty of them that never use the fragments and maps and all of these things, and never use the scarabs, never use the sextants, and they're just going to add more and more and more and more things to the game that most people don't ever use. So having delirium orbs, I don't think that many people would use them. So it's it's for them to implement it and have this available to the to the core game for future leagues would just again cater to a very very thin a small amount of players that would actually bother using them there's so many things in the game right now that most new people feel that it's daunting and i think that's my biggest issue with all the leagues that are designed in a way that's supposed to be implemented as a core mechanic and it makes my job a living hell as most of my content is towards new players <laughs> just that's another thing I have to explain every time, but it's like too much. Mm, if I if I could like bump in there, I think delirium in itself uh, is a good concept, but I think the way GGG is approaching new leagues is like like it's fun, right? It's really fun. That's good. They're prioritizing having fun, and I think that's really good. But what they're doing it is a, is at the expense of every other true because I, I don't think like if this goes core, I don't think this is a true core league mechanic. 
Metamorph wasn't either. The last real true core Lee mechanic I think that we've had was uh, Betrayal or would have been Synthesis, right? Where it's like, this introduces like a part of the game that literally wasn't there before. It's well, not you mean like something that's not optional, click. basically? Well, it's not like, it's just like, it's not like just click this and there's more of stuff, right? It's more like, this is a core mechanic that the video game is now going to like implement into itself to become what Path of Exile is today, right? Like the master system, the crafting, uh, and then like synthesis would have been like a whole other section of an end game. And, and they had their own little build identity, like build identify, like, sorry, not build, but like game identifiers within them, which made them their own leagues. But since then, even Metamorph, it's like, you just kill this monster and it gives you everything from every other league before. And it's like, you're just killing like content identity. And I think that's really, really bad for the game. And I think that kills a lot of like, what makes Path of Exile good, which is like, you want to specialize in certain things, right? But betrayal farmers want to specialize in that. Uh, there's people that want to specialize in Delve, like myself. There's people that want to specialize in map blasting. But when you give like more stuff, from one type of content than all those other things put together. You're just killing like the diversity within the video game of like people that like to specialize on certain things. Like and I think you're you you're just killing identity like content identity. And I think that's, that's really not good. And I think that they've been doing this since Legion because I remember when Legion came out and Reddit was like rejoicing like I am so happy that I don't have to go to Delve anymore to get my fossils. I can get hey. anything. It's really nice. It's like it's like literally like loot boxes with map in within maps and they're free. It's catering to like almost like a McDonald's generation of RPG gamers. And I think that's not really good. I think they're going towards the wrong spectrum of like of 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 gaming, like when they should be focusing on like creating niches, like sub niches within the game for people to specialize in. I think it's also completely fine that there isn't that they're introducing more and more complexity because of this. Because say you're a new player and you're like well, I really like this type of aspect within the game, so I want to focus on that. You don't have to learn everything else because you can just focus on that for like two, three leagues and then move on to something else, right? Once you've like mastered that thing. But now that they're like kind of forcing people into the best content, um, then what's the point of doing anything else? And I think that's really bad. Uh, I 100% agree. Just real quickly on that, on that idea of criticizing the fact that uh, all the old league specific rewards get shoved into the new league rewards, right? The, the the past three leagues that we got, we always got more and more of the previous league reward. Like this league, we have more oils than in Blight. We have more organs than in Metamorph. Uh, no, not really, but yeah. uh, not maybe not Metamorph, but it it feels like more oils, definitely more. Uh, what is the the catalyst? That's what I wanted to say. Right. Right. So and, many catalysts. And I mean, Tuna, you probably know for sure that, like, that it, it really sucks that most fossils don't come from Delve anymore. I mean, for me, as a deep delver, it really doesn't matter at all. But it hurts Because Delve. you just get the good like, fossils and go the, the good resonators. The good yeah, it hurts the main thing people that affected who are normally me is at 300 to 1,000, right? Like if you were hanging well, out at 300 to 1,000, somewhere in that yeah, exactly. range instead of 6,000... Your, a lot of your cut. profit used to come from fossils that just exactly. Whereas, now. like, <laughs> I get to like already two k within the, the end of the second week, right? So for me, it's like once I'm there, I'm just 
I'm just you rolling in good fossils, fossils and it doesn't matter yeah. to me. Yeah. But again, it's not that like I'm not speaking about myself because I think like honestly that's quite selfish, right? In the sense <laughs> that like, oh it's like they should make the game about like what I like to do. I'm just speaking for the general health of the video game because I think the video game is going I I love Path of Exile, but it's just I think lately it's just been going in the wrong direction. It was fun for a league. Legion was really fun. Like just blast. Like turn your brain off. Who cares? Just blast, right? But they've been doing this now for like what? Like it's been Legion, it's been uh Blight, and then it's been Metamorph, and now Delirium. That's four leagues of loot pinatas. Without yeah, any actual technical or mechanical sort of thought being put into how to min-max the mechanic. It's just like, nah, just add more juice. Who cares? So, I want to slightly touch on that, because I think uh, Delirium has been my favorite league in uh, maybe forever. Um, However, however, I I think, at least in my head, it's important to separate the league and the league mechanic from the reward structure. The reward structure is the main thing that you just complained about, and I agree with it right. entirely. Like, it's complete bullshit. Um, I don't like that I'm getting everything from it. What I do like is how many scarabs it shits out, and I don't mind that at all. If you shit out scarabs for everything, and then had, and then I could run those scarabs to pick the kind of content I wanted, I would be on board with that. Like that's that's a very very good way to to hand me the ability to choose my own content and then pick the stuff I want to run. I love that, but the fact that it just it's understandable shits out absolutely everything all of the time does seem ridiculous to me. But I, at least in my head, am keeping that very separate from the league itself because the league itself is probably the single best league we've had. I I want to say ever it's the most fun I've had since Breach League. Um. Like, I, I just, I can't, but I feel like, I feel like this league was only fun if you really knew how to and wanted to invest hundreds and hundreds of exalts into builds. Mm-hmm. If you were anything shy of that, it seemed pretty meh. Um, okay. If it wasn't what you were into, it seemed pretty meh, but like... At the same time, most of the leagues that have been put in in the last, I want to say, year or so, have been have been more aimed towards newer players than very experienced ones. They all have been somewhat easy, somewhat simple, easy to integrate, easy to understand, nothing difficult, really. Well, no internal them. progression, really. Like, no, yeah, and no. so they've all... Been, this is the first time I feel like something has been aimed at really pleasing like the the i don't know what i don't know how to say that without it sounding the casual fucking, it sounded yeah, like it, what uh, i don't know i don't know because sounding <laughs> just it's right. a perfect it's segment just, to the video series it. that you've been doing where you do like the casual <laughs> worker exile what was it like the 90 right. minutes per day yeah, working class exile. But oh, it's, exactly. this is the first. This is the first league in ages that feels like it's been aimed at me, not casual people. And everyone so far that have has said that they are not enjoying it are people who either 
aren't good or don't like the min-maxing. They don't like spending 100 exalts. They don't like to have very expensive characters. They just want to make many little characters. Those are the only two people that have said, I don't enjoy this league yet. They either don't get that. like expensive characters, which is fine, or they're not good enough. Those are, those are literally, that literally encompasses everyone who said they don't like the league. Those two, I'll be two honest people. With you though, I don't like this league, but again, it's not because of the <clears throat> delirium. It's just, it's just because of like all the compiling. Like, for me, it's the lack of depth. I just, I just really hate that. I, I, I don't like that. All I have to do is just walk through a portal and then stick a simulacrum in, and I don't have to like, because I, I really like, so um, <laughs> I really like, for example, learning a new boss or learning a new mechanic. Or like, oh, how do I, like, you know, build my new uh, synthesis map to, like, farm more bosses or, like, you know, set that up for, like, a couple of days? Or how do I, you know, like, how do I craft the best Valor yeah. Galia in the game? Like, stuff like yeah, that. Like, Gazi's waiting to I'm, compose himself I just really before like he goes back at me. And I completely understand <laughs> Gazi's point of view as well because he has to, he has to, he gets the shit for that, right? But... I don't know. I'm I'm just like a super nerdy RPG gamer that I like. The the thing that really captivated me about Path of Exile is that I have to have like six websites open at the same time, and I have to be like, all right, so what's the what's the what's the probability <laughs> of hitting this mall? Let's go on Craft of Exile, all right? Now let's go on PoEDB. What fossil should I use? What's the best? Goal? You know, like I love that shit. That's what really captivated me about Path of Exile. And like, okay. I feel like we're just getting not not enough of that lately. <laughs> okay, sorry, well. Uh, no, that's okay. I, I needed some time to uh, make sure I get this right. <laughs> I, I, I love you no matter what you say. <laughs> nah, it's... um, I just wholeheartedly disagree with 99% of what you said. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where to start? Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Um, do you know how many concurrent players we had for month to month during synth- Synthesis League? Uh, no, I never look at them. The attention during Synthesis League was among the best the game has seen in a very long time. Oh, really? People hate. I actually know. That might have been because they did like a hardcore SSF uh, flashback event in the end of the league. Mm-hmm. That's potential. That's potentially. There's other aspects, uh, of course, that has um, points to this. Obviously, however. Synthesis League had a lot of depth that let people have a, a longer entertainment of it. I hated the way it was implemented at first. And as soon as they, which is usually what PWE does, they release a shit league. No matter how good it is, it's always shit in the first couple of weeks, and then it's, then it's really good. That's when the league starts. Uh, one, one or two weeks in for most people, because they are, there's so many fundamental shit stuffs in the game, bugs and whatnot, that should have been caught much earlier and whatnot. Either way, Synthesis had a very good player retention throughout the entire three-month period. Legion had a 50% player drop between the first the day of the release to one month later. Then another 50% of that disappeared towards the start of the third of the second month. That's the that's the player retention from Legion. Currently in Delirium, we have almost identical numbers in terms of concurrent player bases. That is uh, a replica of what happened in Legion as we have now. And one of the biggest problems with these are first the reward structure and also the type of builds available. Right now in Delirium, you have to play, this is my opinion obviously, which is why I don't agree with you. Um, 
we have builds that are extremely good. We have uh, very specific Shamana builds. We have Herald stacking builds, and we have Archmage builds. If you don't like any of those three, or have the time, or knowledge, or experience, or interest in min-maxing those three builds, you will not be able to uh, capitalize on actually making the higher end game, if you will, uh, of Delirium are neither profitable or entertaining to do. You can sit and hammer a an enemy with a few million HP, and it'll take you 10 minutes to kill. But if you have a good, well-invested character, you're going to kill that in a second. That's also the current tail and anything hollow palm. Yeah, uh, so basically you have that approach, right? And the reward structure is that you, the more, you, the faster you run through content, the more currents you make. That that I'm perfectly fine with. I think that's great. We had such a reward structure in uh, in uh, Breach League, which is my favorite league, because the, you got a stone, you popped it, and it didn't matter if you barely just managed to get to the boss with a timer, or if you did it in five seconds, which is not possible. But it, like the, the, the timer, the time it took for your build or character to reach the end and do the boss did not have any impact on the actual reward structure that you are the rewards that were available from the boss. The only thing that the only difference that would make was actually the the point of you uh, being able to run more with your time invested into the game to then therefore make more currency. And that drastically changed when it came, comes to Legion, for example, where if you didn't play a Windripper or well, Tornado Shot or a Cyclone Headhunter build, it was almost not, for the most part, not even close to profitable to pop these uh, these uh, these uh, whatever they call the relics, uh, the stones in your map device, rather than selling them because they just follow the market because of how valuable they were to builds that were invested heavily to be able to do them profitably, which means that which resulted in people not having the time or not the experience or the knowledge to do this in an effective way. They did. They felt discouraged to do that type of content, which was the whole idea of the, the Legion League was to gather the splinters, which I would gather them. Well, you bought them at least, and then do the the uh, the way fights, right? The three, four, five way fights. And um, when that type of content is gated behind how good your character is or how much currency you've invested into your character, the market will follow and, and adjust itself, similar to how it's doing in, in Delirium, where Herald stacking and Archmage builds and whatnot, and all of these things are super expensive. Specific Elder Helmets or Elder Shaper Helmets for minion builds are super, super expensive because of that allowing you to do certain content. But you have to get to the point where you get the currency to be able to afford that if you now want to do that. And not everyone has that possibility to play that. We streamers have a lot of extra time, obviously, because we play so much. But imagine someone playing two hours a day, unless he's he or she is dedicated enough to <laughs> have that as a stupid goal, the only thing that person would do in farming would be to get to that point. And that's no longer fun. That is a chore to get to the point to have fun. And okay. I think that has a huge impact in uh, because of the reward structure and the way the game is. And I think that's why a lot of people are... Uh, skipping the playing the game, or we have the other aspect, which is what happened to most people in, well, not most people, from people that I talk to at least that describe why they stopped playing in Legion was because they did their headhunter ship, they did their five ways, and they made tons of currency. And then it was like, it was there was no challenge. They did it, they bought the stones, they did a five way, they got tons of loot, the, they had fun with that, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, they were done with the game. And that's like I mentioned earlier in, in this podcast, I don't like playing with Headhunters because the game becomes so boring after a couple of days of playing uh, with Headhunter. Because there's no challenge anymore in terms of clear speed once you get a, a decent Headhunter build going. And I think that's the same situation we have in Delirium as we saw in Legion. But what I wanted to mention, num numerical-wise, was the player retention comparison from Synthesis League, which was a league that most people would argue for 
being a horrible league compared to what we have today uh, when it comes to um, Legion or in today's state, so Delirium. Right. So, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, most of that I, I can get behind. The, the bit at the end there with the people who only get to play an hour or two every day is categorically wrong, and I'm proving it. Um, in fact, perfect segue into, for me, uh, I recently started a series on YouTube called Working Class Exile, where I made a brand new account to join the league mid-league, and I only possibly play it for 90 minutes a day to show exactly how easy it is to get into this endgame stuff and that you can do it on very little time and that everybody complaining about the time is just not spending their time right and it can be done and we're only five days in right now but uh we're we're already killing conquerors and i say five days in i'm not a speedy player i'm not a racer and it's five 90 minute days including all trading and all research and if i need to look something up i I can't like set up whoops outside of that time like everything is done in that 90 minutes and we're i'm pretty on track uh like it's really actually not going to be that hard to get to end game and i like proper end game and make a proper arc mage like low life build and do all sorts of things with 90 minutes a day worth of playtime. So that but you have to keep in mind that you're playing 90 minutes a game, but you have thousands upon hours of knowledge and experience of the game prior to doing that. Like we're talking about someone who sure. might be able to only play these couple of hours a day. That that's their that's their experience and knowledge gathering of the game. Like most of us here, I'm assuming all four of us have extensive experience in crafting, extensive experience or knowledge at least. Uh, in how to do things and how mods work, how the weighted pools work, and what's profitable, what's not profitable, what items to loot, how to use a scarab, how to use an essence, uh, how to block a craft when you're slamming, you know, all of these simple but yet complex mechanics. Most people don't know these things because they have to they have to learn them or be taught them, right? Because there's so many things in the game that needs to be, that it's like, I played over 24,000 hours of this game now and I'm still learning. And I mean, it's like, you play a couple of hours a day, it's going to take you quite a few years before you get to that point. Yeah, but the point is that everyone can do it. And if Balor manages to do like significant things within like 10 or 12 days, that means that someone who's noob would be able to watch Balor's 90 minutes and every other day play. So he would take twice as long, but if you would just be following what Balor does, does, right? And No, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but we're talking about... Not what's but it's what you can do. I mean, we've seen people kill at Siri from leak start to uh, to kill within two hours. It, it can be done. That doesn't mean that most people can do it, or or does it ever? <laughs> it's like tight tight killer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like to that level. But the thing about that is, I'm not actually a good player. I just know a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know if you've seen me leveling. It takes it takes me, on average, on a league start, 10 and a half to 12 hours to get to maps. Like, that's my normal league start map. Like, it's not... I'm not actually good at this game. I just know stuff. That's all I've got. Yeah, but then again, Path of Excel is a very complex game where knowledge is pretty now, much key. Knowledge everything. carries me heavy, but I'm not good at the video game. <laughs> Mm. 
point I was making earlier is basically the idea that even if it's possible or even if there's guides out there, I mean, I've seen people during Sundays where I do build reviews, so they're, they're showing me a summon to build, and I'm like, well, could have just followed my guide and you would have killed Awakener Sirius Awakening 8 without problems within the first day if you wanted to. I mean, it's like, oh, well, not that, that overkill, but, you know, you just, just follow a guide is basically what I'm thinking, but most people don't do that. Like, most people don't do those things. So they don't go to check a guide out. They want to play the game and have fun. They hit a brick wall and now they're going to try to fix it and they barely know anything about the game when you, when you dig into their brain and start picking it. And that's because most people are lazy, right? So just because something is possible doesn't mean that most people are doing it, even if they can do it. And I think that's the problem, right? Why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? So the structure of the... We're talking about the player retention and the longevity of player bases in different leagues. And uh, we're, we were arguing about the reward structure and the league entertainment, right? And, and that's where the, the topic started. And with these things in huh. mind, if people are lazy, then yes, that's going to affect the player retention. Even if they can, they can fix their own issue. Most people don't do it. Right? I mean, if if laziness was causing people to have worse player retention, well, there's no, one, nothing we could do about that. Designing a league in a different matter wouldn't matter. And two, leagues like this would have better retention if that was true. Because this rewards laziness to a... a incredible degree by not needing to engage in most of the content in the game and just run delirium and get everything that you could possibly need well, so, I, I would think that if that were true and and that had something to do with it which is i don't think it is because if it was i think it would have the exact opposite effect leagues like this would have far far better retention not worse because you can do pretty much anything like we're talking about complaining about the most expensive or best builds when realistically these cluster jewels have given almost every build an amazing amount of power. Like there's, you can do any, anything that was even a remotely functioning build before is 10 times better this league. So it's not like, like, yeah, the, the ceiling got pushed really high and there's only a few that can make it to that ceiling. But if we just look at the ceiling of what existed three months ago, like hundreds more builds made it to that level where they're comfortable and playable. Like hundreds. And I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't see how that's... I, I haven't looked at the stats and now I'm super interested to look at the stats because as far as like my friends list and the amount of people showing up on stream, I would have thought this had the highest player retention that I've seen in ages. I, I, it, I, I haven't looked at any statistics. I just assumed from how many people show up in chat or are watching YouTube videos or are on my friends list because that's like all I saw. And I assumed that this was the best retention we've seen in absolutely ages because, because, <laughs> Everything has been way more active. Trade is still active as shit. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Everything seems way more active to me now. I now I'm gonna have to. I've already written myself a note to have a look at uh, at, at actual statistics and stuff because I'm I'm shocked by that. What, what's your I mean, uh, like, subjective impression there, Tuna, uh, with trade? Do you, trade is still alive at this point in softcore, very much so. Um, I think. Some extent, yes, but 
I also think you're slightly living in a bubble because outside of Herald Stacking, everything's dead. Because nothing's worth crafting, nothing's worth doing, and the mainly the only players that are still playing are the Herald Stackers. Because, uh, you know, they have their whatever's to and max they want to kill Shaper in point one two seconds faster or whatever. Have you seen the minion market? But, one uh, minion yeah, kills I mean, 60 like, exalts. Sure, but also because of the lack of quantity, right? Like, if you want to look for a chest for, you know, a minion build, there's going to be, like, two good ones at the most. There's going to be none to mirror. Like, and also, it, it, there's just, like, no incentive for crafters. Like, you can ask any crafter this league. There's no incentive for them to make anything aside for things for, um, for, for Herald Stackers. It's absolutely dead. That's, it's that's either, like, if a, if a crafter is not... trying to craft something, it's either you make it for, uh, Deep Delvers or Herald Stackers. Those are the only people that would actually pay for something. Yeah, exactly. Like, Those are the people who pay the best. League. So why would you make, like, a, a subpar product? Why would you aim... Or making because something that doesn't sell for, for profit, as much. right? But if it uh, doesn't or... sell at all, you don't craft for profit. Like you could make like trickster gear, right? Uh, you could just craft like things for trickster, like chaos overtime shit, like whatever. Or like, and you could just pump them out. But like, nobody's gonna buy that because nobody's playing it. Interestingly it's enough, it's the same I've with like you can make exactly stuff for assassins, that. right? Yeah, um, but it's like like stocking minion to some degree, but very specific helmets mostly. And you can awaken well, over some shields and get lucky to get like an X profit, but that's about it. But in terms of minions, it's like the 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 weapon and um, and the helmet. And then there's Archmage is uh, mainly the um, either enchanted helmets or belts for mana recovery rate and whatnot. But other than that, it's just herald stuffs, amulet shields, and uh, helmets and belts are pretty much the, the big the biggest powerhouses in terms of profit crafting in the current state of crafting. Right. What were you saying, Balor? Well, I just I've been selling chaos damage over time stuff. I've been crafting quivers and selling them. I've been crafting rings and selling them. Um, I've been crafting shields that aren't for herald stackers and selling them for massive profits. I've been selling helmets. I've been selling minion stuff that I craft. Like everything, everything about that entire conversation, I disagree with as well. I've been crafting and selling for so much profit outside of the Herald build because everything I get for the Herald, I craft for myself, then corrupt, and then it bricks. So I had to <laughs> find a way to make money outside of that. <laughs> and, and, and the crafting market exists. ED is around and really good. Toxic Rain is around. Caustic Arrow is around. Cold.occultists are around. I know because I, I can make this stuff and sell it to them on a regular basis for good profit. Um, I, I know all the hollow palm gear exists and you can craft you know things what? and you can... Probably because you're the only one crafting for them, right? I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 3% of the entire league playing Trickster at the moment. Like, you know, we gotta be honest about this shit. It's really maybe? bad. Like, I've been looking into things. Like, it's maybe I'm the really only bad, one man. doing it, and that's why they're selling. I don't know, but yeah, I, but I, I am I able to sell you, stuff. It's, yeah, like it's uh, really rough out there, man. Like outside of this Herald bubble, it's really rough out there. Like you, you try to make something creative, and it's just I've, like I don't, I've never found this much difficulty making like different builds as i found this league this league has been just the most 
painfully difficult like where like there's one chest on the entire market that's like oh it's pretty good you know? why is everything my experience is so different to trash. everyone else's I'm, I'm having so much fun i don't understand <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, this I, thing is pretty divisive, man. I'll be honest with you. Right. Like, it's a really divisive. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, look at the stuff that I've been crafting. It's, crafting has been the main focus for me for the last month right now. And pretty much all my items that have been for non Herald stacking, non Arc Mage, and non um, Minion builds, all of those have sold, including I can write this fire helmet and whatnot. But like, those items have sold, but most of the items that haven't sold have been for builds that are not for those. And I've, I'm dropping those prices like 20% a day right now. And I still have items up for sale for about 15 to 1600 Exaltas right now. And the items that are mostly being sold are the hero stack. And even when I drop the prices on those, they're still vastly more profitable than anything else I've crafted. I mean, we're talking about 15 to 20 times the craft cost for the actual end price of the item compared to when I did like ED gloves, for example, I maybe made 15, 20 X out of it. Once I craft a shield for 7x, it's worth 150x. It's like the difference is just so much bigger with those things because of the fact that the build is so popular and so strong that they're worth so much that people, and also because people are willing to invest that much into it. I'm not saying that the other items are not profitable, it's just easier to make more currency from the other items in general. But then again, the market's getting flooded. We're at that point in the league as well where the flooding in the market is happening. That's true as well. You're also going to see everybody dump their Herald builds in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, because we know for a fact that Herald builds are gutted. They're gone. The end of this league. Like, they, they flat out were like, yeah, we're killing it. It's... And so everyone who's got one is going to want to dump it if they, if they care at all about standard currency. Everyone who cares about Do you think they're completely going to kill the playstyle? Like... This build will not exist to next league. Yeah. Yeah. Not just in a nerfed state, oh, it's only half. It will not exist. Yeah, but what, the, same, the same was said about other builds in the past, right? Not yeah. well. me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, keep in mind, like the 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 aspect of people like myself and Tuna, you've been crafting as well, like and you, Balor, has been crafting. Like we have to also include the fact that when streamer or content creators are showing how to do certain crafts, it takes two days, and then that market of that specific idea oh, yeah, crafts disappears. I made 15 to 20x profits on crafting double plus skill amulets and I showed the stream and it didn't take, it was, I think it was less than 20 hours. And then the market was so flooded that instead of making 20x profit on a good roll, that would only be 5x profit. Three days later, it was one or two x profit from a really good roll. It wasn't worth doing anymore. So, I mean, I don't mind it because I don't really care about the currency, but you have that aspect to consider. And then the time of the league where you mentioned the fact that people will be dumping their gear for the people that gives that wants to play around with currency and for the people that want to care about currency and standard. And also the fact that people are uh, flooding the market because now more people have more currency craft and they're just going ham with it. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to mention, like, I, I, dig, I dug up the numbers on the player retention, by the way. I was going to look it up after the... Um, March... Um, uh, it's only the Steam concurrent player number stuff. Yeah. Which is equivalent to it. Uh, but the numbers are incorrect. But the percent player attention is yeah. proportional. Thank you. Uh, so Synthesis was released on March 2019. And then we had a peak 
uh, amount of players. And the month later was April 2018. It dropped by 41%, which is big. And the, you remember Synthesis League only got really good after three and a half weeks into the league, approximately. After that, yeah. they dropped 3,000 players. Between the second and third month, 3,000 players. And which if we then look at the... How much relatively in, rel in relation to how much they had? How many they had? In percent? Well, you said uh, they dropped 3,000, but I don't know how many they had. Like, dropped 3,000 from how many to how many? Back then, the peak in April 2018 was 45.5,000. Peak during May 2018 was 42.3,000. So that's two and a... Well, it's two point something. Less than 3K? No, wait, it's more than 3K. 3.2K, my bad. 3.2K players is what current peak players during the last month in terms of player base, but we look at the percent because the game has grown since then, obviously. That's more, that's what, 10%? Good point. Less than 10% between the second and third month. And then if you look at Legion, which was released on June 2019, right? Uh, June 2019, the player drop between June and July was from 113,000 to 53,000 players, which is what, that's a drop of 45%. And then between July and August, they dropped down 58% of that. <laughs> so it just got, you know, they cut the player base by half first month, and they cut it by another 50% on the second month. Whereas Synthesis only had a big drop in the, in the start and then gained a lot back, I'm assuming, because of the fixes to the Synthesis League. But the difference between the second month and the third month was a mere 10% drop. Less so you're than saying the, the key to a successful league with good player retention is to release the league in an even more broken state and take longer to fix it so that then the returning players will even out. I mean, I, I think I would argue for that to be a contributing factor. Uh, but I, my, my argument, my personal opinion on it is that similar to what Tuna was mentioning before, someone with a lack of depth in the league, uh, it has a big factor um, in, in terms of player retention. And that also makes the game more in, enjoyable in, in general for the people that do trading. Because right now in Delirium, trading right now is worse than ever. Trading in the first week or the first month of the league was already so-so. But it was really good, as usual, in the first few weeks of a league release. But player retention dropping makes trading even more atrocious than it already is. And Synthesis never really had that issue. I never really experienced that issue in Synthesis. It was always pretty decent to craft throughout the entire entirety of the league. Whereas both in Legion and, and Delirium, the trading is terrible. And that's that's mostly caused by the uh, player retention dropping. Well, that's just I the numbers. There's... Just to add a little thing onto that. I think there's also like something that really tires players out. And what's been happening a lot lately with, 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 the, with the latest leagues is that um, like we we are like all about efficiency, right? And PoE is all about efficiency and all that. And these leagues, it's like if you're standing your hideout, you're just absolutely wasting your time. Like because there's nothing to really put thought into that you could be rewarded later on down the line by having done so, right? It's not like I can sit in my hideout and think like, all right, what if like I, you know, like for example, in synthesis, you know, you could set up so like you could farm bosses more often, and then if you put the time in to do that, then you would be rewarded for however much time after, right? But like, also in the sense that like 
everything's just go 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 right so you don't give players a the time to sort of like sit back and breathe and learn some new systems and things like that it's just about just blast and i think just blasting like that burns people out uh even even like veteran players that that's what they do you know i know people that have made like 20 30 mirrors through the league and they've just said like i can't do what i did this league again because i'll just never end up playing poe ever again like that's you know it's gone to the point where i'm just like completely brainwashed from this just heavy intensity blasting and well, because it's like it's so unprofitable not to blast right and if you yeah. want to min max you got to do that whereas like no, I... in, in other leagues you can min max the mechanic itself more than just going fast if you know what i mean like i don't know if i'm putting this across correctly no i think i got what you mean i think that something that's really important to to mention here is how good Path of Exile is at hiding the fact that it's an ARPG. Most people seem to forget the fact that ARPG games is literally the definition of insanity. You're going to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and pray you get an Exalted or a Mirror Drop. That's basically what you're doing. That's that's an ARPG. That's the whole genre. That's what we're doing endlessly right. over and over again. But Path of Exile is very good at hiding the fact that it is an ARPG, making you forget or concealing the fact that you're doing the same thing over and over again by having different aspects of mm -hmm. things coming in, different league mechanics being present in maps and all of these things, different type of endgame bosses you can achieve and encounter. You have the delve and all of these different endgames approaches that you can play. And as soon as you, you're brought in with a league where the most profitable thing is to just go over and over again with where this concealing effect is no longer that present, then I think a lot of people burn out a lot faster. Whereas things like synthesis, if we're bringing that as a topic again, uh, which had a lot more depth, uh, had people more on their toes to think what they were doing rather than just going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And that made them, made people at least subconsciously forget the fact that it is an ARPG. That, that, at least that's how I see it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think just like there should just be more things that you can sit back and think about. And like sort of like plan and you know things like that because it doesn't it, it like it, it doesn't take anyone smart to like chuck five delirium orbs on a map. So you're talking about stuff like in, in synthesis, but that's uh, the league that you're referring back to when you say that there should be things that you could sit back and and think about and do. Right. I mean, like even even like what um, would be another example like, other than synthesis? You'd betrayal. That was really like that as well because. Yeah. At the point, like everything came to a crawl, right? Like maybe not on the release of Delve because we had immunity builds, but like later on when immunity builds were nerfed, right? Which was again, this was in synthesis when Delve was in its best state before uh, ZHP delving, uh, where like you would get to a point where you come to a halt, right? And then you have to like then the the focus is shifted on the builds. It's like how do you make the craziest, the tankiest, the you know the the most DPS build that can actually go to like 2k, which at the time was like absolute insanity, um, and just like things like that that like you get rewarded for putting thought into making like things that you know like use game mechanics like really well, like and and just excel at doing the certain content, right? Like y you might get more rewarded by like taking like a one week break to make the best delving build than if you're just like just blasting maps every day kind of thing and like you get rewarded for being like the brainiac or whatever right which kind of motivated people to like put more thought into the video game rather than just blast 
I don't know. No, I agree with that. But yeah, but, but build min-maxing or something like that is always only, only something that you have to do once, right? You have to come up with a build once, and then like, you can, unless something changes in the game, you can kind of... Well, the thing about Delve is that Delve always changes because it gets harder and harder. Or the same thing, I guess, you could say the same thing about Betrayal. Like, Betrayal has been, like, now... It's been like three leagues of min maxing, with, where people have like come to the point where like the board it looks completely different to what it used to back in Betrayal. People have really gone crazy with min maxing that, and but again, like that's been reduced to like why do that? Because you drop more breach stones and and scarabs and everything hmm. from just doing simulacrums or delirium maps, right? So again, it it just all goes back to like just blast kind of mentality that Path of Excel is forcing down. Uh, like, less niche sort of things that you could focus into or put thought into. Maybe, or Maybe this is whatever. the difference. I love that. It's understandable. It's completely I think understandable. that might be why I am enjoying it so much more than other people, is because the thing that it's quote-unquote forcing down our throat is the thing I wanted to do anyway. Right. Like, that yeah. was already my thing that I like. But it's at the expense of other people, which is the issue that I'm trying to put put across. It's yeah, at I the mean, expense of I the people that don't want to just blast. I definitely don't blast. like that bullshit reward structure where I get everything from doing the one thing. But I just think overall that's probably why I'm enjoying the league more than other people is because that's already like my niche area that I want to be in. And that's the one that got rewarded, even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't have chosen a reward structure that's like, here, have absolutely everything in the game. Right? Like that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been my choice, <laughs> right. but but at least it's the content that I already wanted to do. So that that was that was already what I was going to do. What I would normally have done in other situations is I would have made my money doing the thing I want to do this league, and then I would have bought the stuff from other people. I would have bought hundreds and hundreds of fossils off delvers who are delving a lot because I need them. And I like crafting, so I'm going to buy hundreds of fossils. Don't need to do that. I would have bought essences when I needed them. I would have bought... Scarabs. I would never have bought organs. I would have bought scarabs. Actually, I'm still buying scarabs. I can't get enough scarabs. Um, but yeah, like, like I would have just existed on the map anyway and then do, done the mapping thing because that's fun. And I would have had to buy all of my supplies from other people who specialized in other areas, which I don't have to do now. But no. But that might be why I'm enjoying it significantly more than other people is because it's the exact content that I wanted to do anyway is the thing that got buffed or that is being over-rewarded or however we want to say it. Yeah, that's understandable. Again, like, I don't blame people for having fun, but, uh, you know, like, I'm just sort of voicing my my sort of perspective on it and uh how i think path of exile is sort of like moving towards just focusing on just one thing and i think what they've always been great at is like having so many subcategories of like mini games within within the game yeah i really thought that's that that was what they were going for when they started adding stuff like delve and betrayal yeah and then since Delve and Betrayal, uh, what, uh, we uh, have again, gotten a lot of like self-contained, like you call them, loot pinata leaks. Yeah. 
I've been hoping that like it's because they just need like I don't know I would expect Chris at the office like all right we need something to work uh like four people get on it everyone else POE too you know <laughs> and then it's like oh yeah just walk through the portal monster spawn loot shits out everywhere easy game well, they have you done know? a lot of experimental leagues uh last few leagues has been very experimental and I believe wholeheartedly that they're going to keep up with this approach of doing experimental leagues all the way to PoE2 so they have more uh, what's the expression more flesh on the bones uh, so they have more intel to base new leagues once the uh, once they get to the point of PoE2 so I think they're going to be having a lot of experimental leagues being, being yeah. present I think we're in just PoE2 waiting room right and yeah. to some extent that's I don't want to say like make or break, but because that's like taking it way too far. Like, right? We we love this game. Like, I think even even if they, I'm like, not going anywhere. It gets like seventy percent worse. <laughs> I think I would still love it like seventy percent more than any other game, right? But yeah. at the same time, it could be like where it the point where either Poe starts going down the wrong direction or the right direction, if you know what I mean. Which is like when you tend to see like video games getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and they they start to go down like one avenue. And I just got really scared because <laughs> uh, I've seen a lot of games go go down those avenues. But I I have full full trust in. Yeah. I'm 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 just really like afraid of that with with games because games tend to do that. Uh, like hardcore, I've been playing Path of Excel since pretty much Abyss, so I'm pretty new to the game, considering yeah. everything. But right, <laughs> you're muted. Yeah, you're muted on uh, stream. <laughs> <laughs> you're muted, you're muted on stream, apparently. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, that's what chat's saying. Or oh, they're debating oh. you, one of the two. No, no, it's it's right. I just, I I tried to mute myself earlier for the sneeze, but I wasn't aware of the oh, way no. that I'm muting myself. Can people hear me now? <laughs> anyway, so I was saying something really smart, and I was like, Tuna was saying the game was going down the wrong road, and it's like... At this point, it decides whether it goes into the wrong or the right road. And I just said that there was many points on the road to and the point where we're at right yeah. now, at which different people in the community felt that way. And I mean, I don't want to say it all worked out for the best, but I definitely yeah. don't think we've we've you know gone down a, like a really steep slope at this point. There's yeah. been there's but, been three uh, times in the past where I have thought. This is the wrong direction. You guys are making a mistake. And I have been vocal about that on the stream. Right. And at this point, all three times I was wrong. Yeah. I, I, wasn't I trust really, them. Like, they know better that. than I do. I've, I've learned. Yeah, of course, they're the game developers. <laughs> I tend to say that like really often as well. That, like, I'm only one perspective, right? And they have the analytics. They have actual like people that have been doing this for many, many years. And the only like way that we got to this point which is just this phenomenal game is because of them right and i wasn't really saying that the game was going in the wrong direction i was just saying that all i am is just generally scared about that within video games and to some extent um 
like PoE two is gonna be the point where they really even where they really either show us like what they really got or whether we're gonna see that oh it's just gonna be more of the same to some extent yeah. with like the 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 fact that like Gazi said about the experimental leaks being like possibly coming in PoE two right which is what I really really enjoy is when when like you the developers get pretty much free reign and say like make the craziest shit ever and then bam and then we get things like synthesis and then they get watered down into becoming just another you know put a map in and kill a boss another thing we also should mention or think about in these topics is also the fact that we're in a situation where um game is growing a lot since at least i started back in sacrifice of the vault that's what six years ago or something it's like we're in a situation where back then the game was much harder, it was slower, it was more complex. I had a discussion with <clears throat> with Riker about this as well. And it feels more and more that the longer an ARPG game is out, when it first releases, it's very slow, it's very hard. People need to learn all the things before a meta is developed and all of these aspects, right? But yeah. as time progresses, ARPG seems to tend have seems to favor this idea of them making the game easier and easier and more casual and casual and faster and faster and more power creep meta. I mean, Chris Wilson did mention in an interview many years ago that they wanted to keep the uh, keep the power meta or power creep meta down. And in the same breath, they announced the Ascendancy League where we suddenly got so much power that all the buffs they gave all the minions were irrelevant, uh, to be honest. So I mean, it feels like they're, they're making the game more accessible to to newer players and people that don't play that many hours a day that most of us streamers do and whatnot. But it's still, despite moving in that direction, it's still the opposite. It's still placing the game in the opposite side of the spectrum compared to something like Diablo 3, which is very, very casual friendly. Um, so I personally don't really have a problem with where the game is right now. But yes, I feel that we're going in that direction of the game becoming more and more casualized, which I don't personally enjoy that much. But uh, you know, it's, it's going to take quite a lot before we reach D three levels. So as long as we don't get too close to that point, I'm not going to have any problems with it. And I feel that with the way PUE is right now, that it's the road to that point is so far that I think that Chris Wilson would go in and say, you know what, guys, the fuck have you guys been doing? Let's fix this. <laughs> you know, literally, Forget just you. our passive tree is more complicated than the entire game of Diablo three. We're not that can't. It's not going to happen. <laughs> But also, yeah, I think like we're just people. they're just cranking up the fireworks, like just they did with Legacy League back in the day before the next big release, which in our case is like we said, the uh, PoE two release four point oh. And I think until then we'll see a lot more loot pinata and a lot more crazy like end game destroying meta builds. It's just they they'll I think to some degree they're also benchmarking and testing what, what they can you know, what they can work into PoE2 and what valuable experiences they can still make. Um, but also, it, yeah, I, I just, it's always been like that. They just just fire up more and more and more. And then I think PoE2 is going to be like a soft reboot where where we're going to go back to, at least for the first two or three leagues, to a game that is a lot slower and a lot 
you know, more scary. And then slowly but surely there's going to be more and more power creeping in until like one or two years down the road there's the next expansion with like big additions and stuff like that and a new top end of most scary content. Similar like in, in this patch, I really like it. In the beginning I thought it was going to be great with Delirium that they add um, so much difficulty potentially on top without making it feel expected to do that sort of content. But now with the predominant Herald stacking meta and like everyone seeing it everywhere, I think you can't really expect that the average player doesn't feel like he has to also do simulacrums and like everything with that much ease and juice out that content. But in the beginning, I thought it was just going to, you know, add more top end difficulty level for the no life players without really affecting the the lower class without really affecting the working class exults but um yeah mm. i can agree with that as well it's basically what me and Riker were saying a few days ago uh where it seems like like the leagues have always been oriented for the most part focused on um end game players the people are in maps and going through that whereas the expansion releases have been for the most part focused on uh, the beginner stages like the playing through the apps right that's basically the kind of theme they've been having since they started doing these three month leagues right uh, for a few years now and i think that with poe2 with they have the opportunity to do the soft reset where they're going to slow things down because of the big overhaul which allows them or would allow them to be in a point where they have that approach and play with that and then uh, you know increase the power creep meta to the point where okay now it's time for us to do a poe3 thing right and then they could have the possibility at that point to do the same thing again where they would soft reset everything down to a new rpg basically where everything is slow again so i think that if if they do that i think that would be really nice because that's something i would personally love to see but obviously i'm very biased in that but it would give us the opportunity to make the game game truly feel like this is a new game but it's still path of exile i mean it's like they're literally doing a soft reboot we've already seen kitava's skull and the the whole thing is like 30 years after it's like it's like vader's helmet in uh, in uh, what's the force awakens <laughs> yeah. one thing about power creep i'm oh, sorry I'm like, didn't want to bring up that bitter of, taste uh... <laughs> <laughs> i'm sort of worried about um is that it has to be like done right in the sense that we need power creep right like it's so important to have power creep in games like these where like you need to have sort of like oh so, so there's this new thing and it's like i can make my build a little bit better with the new tools that you give me from this league right and that's that's cool um but then like also the way that the the content scales like also needs to pose just as much if not more difficulty uh, in the next league but this is also probably the the issue that the developers find themselves in is that like we might introduce new content that's harder, but then everything else is so much easier, right? So the, you introduce power creep, and you can't really scale the difficulty globally until an expansion or something like that. And I think right now we find ourselves at the point of like the end cycle of the expansion, where everything is just steamrolled by everything, and hopefully POE too. It's kind of a reset where we, we, we have to like figure everything out again from the start. And I hope that's going to be really exciting, you know, to go back to maybe the game being more difficult. But yeah, right now it's 
the only difficult thing in the game is delve and i think it's also not even that difficult anymore because of chp you just mm-hmm. learn to not get hit uh, which or or you get hit and you die like 10,000 times a league um but again it's like it doesn't matter right but so it's like there's both things right like i love power creep but i also don't like its outcomes so i think this is just something that like i i don't know what the developers can do to to give us the perceived difficulty like every league to have increasing like perceived difficulty but um you know that's why they're developers and we're just gamers right we just play yeah. the game and they make it and hopefully they continue to make it as good as they have and they continue to make scaling difficulty and not go down the path of the only thing you can do you can do is greater rifts as we mentioned earlier because again in diablo 3 that's the only content that's right that you can challenge yourself against and i don't think that's that's cool to only have one thing that's like you know the only challenging thing mm-hmm. well there's still solo cell phone <laughs> that's true. I mean, so, that's like the, the panic button when you you're out of ideas you're you're done with the game you don't know what the fuck to do to make the game entertaining that's when you go so self <laughs> <laughs> you said that's it yourself. Opinion. No one likes trade. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like, if trading is so unbearable, or well, I I go through it because of the fact that the content I create is targeting new players. I don't have time to spend two weeks farming a specific item to make a guide for people. Then, which I could have gotten in two minutes in a trade league. Well, with the current way trading works, you know, five days of spamming five thousand people to get the item. But I mean, I'd rather do that than spend two two weeks farming for that specific item to get the build to to get the build working in the way I wanted to promote it as a build guide for new players. That's why I don't do solo cell phone. But if I didn't do that type of content, I would probably be still playing a solo cell phone already to make sure that I would get that extra level of um, challenge or difficulty to the game. But there's so many other things that I would lose out on from playing solo cell phone. But it's definitely it's a of... way to feel motivated in you know fi- finding. Enjoyment in loot, looting. Yeah. <laughs> I just that's right? the best thing about that kind of stuff as well. I feel that as well when I like do like league start practice, right? You drop a transmit, you're like, yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> like yo, and like I don't even get that excitement dropping like I don't know like four X or some shit. Like I don't know, uh, but I w- I would like to ask you why you find trades so unbearable. Because I might have like a very different perspective on, like, because I I think I think trades should to some extent be unbearable for the amount of power that it gives us. I agree to some degree. Um, I like that it's not too easy to easy to craft. Uh, sorry, to to trade because I think that if the trading system was easy, like for the sake of the argument, if there was an auction house uh, in in the game more people that are currently not flipping items would be flipping because it would be so much easier to do and that would also not be healthy for the market whatsoever. Whereas now we have a lot of flippers and trade bots, uh, but it's it's not to that extent of what would happen if we had an auction house. And that part I, I don't want to see. Then again, trade bots are making a ton of currency and getting super rich for doing nothing, but nobody reports to trade bots because there are gods that you want to trade in trade bots. I'm friends with trade bots. I add them to my friends list so I can remember who they are. 
<laughs> there isn't even a report option for trade bots though. I don't think so, right? You can tell you can no. well, you can send GG staff uh, messaging game, obviously. But it's like my problem with trading is that it's actually based in the way I'm crafting. Uh, I'm sure I, I look at the stream right now. I'm, I'm buying fossils, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. That's right. Uh, so basically, uh, fossils are pretty easy because there's so many that that's available. But uh, when I did the the mirror helmet I made for summoners, for example, I needed essence of horror, and I bought about yeah. a little bit below two thousand essences. Now to hit the mods, I needed two point eight million essences by average to hit. But we got lucky with an exalted slam. Buying two thousand essences that means you have to buy bulk prices, and that's what that means is that you pay a lot more per essence or per item or craft material um, because the seller suddenly has a higher bulk. Now, the problem with flipping when it comes to these slightly rarer items is that people, I could buy them for four to five chaos each, which was pretty chill, but then I've got one or two at a time. As soon as I wanted five or more, uh, then I would have to pay first between eight to 12 C a pop, which I cleansed off every day pretty fast, which means that the price after that would be 15 to 20 chaos. It's just three to four times as much per essence. Much, yeah, to buy. Of course. And I, do, I didn't want to pay that much. Even if I had the currency, I didn't want to pay that much because that was just so stupid and unethical. Um, so the process would be either I skim myself broke in, in, the, uh, in the process of doing something for profit, <laughs> to, which is then, you know, contradictory means I can't even speak, uh, would be um, ineffective for the sake of making profits. But then I'd have to go through and message thousands of people. And I still paid the 15C a pop at some point uh, for at least a few hundred of those essences. But that's 2,000 essences where I've been paying three to four times as much per essence. And it's still even when messaging these people were, where I'm paying three times as much, would take ages to get people to respond, take ages to do the trade. And I think we crafted the helmet during the lapse of almost two weeks' time before we actually hit it. And right. that's part of trading. And that's just one aspect of it. Then you have tons of other aspects of it, but mostly it's because people are not responding and the way the party system works. You spam so many people because no one's responding, then all of a sudden, five people respond. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other problem with it. Then you have to like accept one, which declines all the other party invites. You have to whisper them, like, hold on, I'm just doing this trade quickly, reinvite, 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 reinvite. And uh, the... it's yeah, uh, it's a... the whole that process. That part's a little bit annoying, yeah. Because uh, generally, like, if I need something, I usually always go for bulk, right? But essences is such a niche thing because, like, people have essences, but they never list them, right? It's not yeah. something that you think that like, yo, I'm going to bulk Essence. I'm going to run Essence on my maps and I'm going to bulk them. Like, um, So it's like super niche, right? Uh, to some extent, but I completely agree with you in that regard, which I'd rather not craft with Essences than to do that. But if you have to do that, then, you know, shit sucks to be you kind of thing. Yeah. Like uh, we did the current trading system. We're actually touching but... upon a, a cool point, uh, like the one point that we haven't covered from the list yet on Delve, and then right afterwards we could still cover a little bit of the the specters, new specters, and the races on the Chinese realm. Um, but what I wanted to ask is how useful are fossils? Because you said you'd rather not craft with essences, but um, right. this this leak they all moved all the fossil specific mods either onto uh, influence bases, or they remove them altogether. So there's no more mods that you can only get with fossils, right? 
So you still only ever craft with fossils. It's yeah, it's, it's stupid not number to, one, honestly. Yeah, but um, I think they really did fossils dirty. Like um, the fact that like now like like there's, there's it, it just like disabled so many crafts, and I think it's like it made crafting like harder, but not in not in a fun way because it pushed everything towards influence bases and i think they just wanted to appreciate the price of the special exalted orbs but uh, i really don't like what they've done with with the removing a lot of the fossil mods they should have just made getting those mods rare or something like that uh, i think uh to some extent not fun but the the thing about fossils is that it wasn't like that you only ever used them for those mods it was like if you want 10 times the chance of getting a life roll you still want to use a pristine, right? Or like, yeah. if you want to craft a helmet, right? Right. That's or, that's or why, for example, boots. That's why people might think that it was justified to take the exclusive mods away from them because they're still really good even without the exclusive mods. And they kind of, when they had the exclusive mods, there was literally no reason to use anything else ever, right? I Unless suppose, you wanted but... a specific essence mod. Well, it was like uh, the new influence stuff was already worth doing, right? So now there's no point doing anything other than the influence stuff. But shouldn't the influence the bases be the best bases? I mean, I think they should, and they are. I think this is a fantastic change. Um, but I especially think it's a fantastic change because... People got really upset about it and stopped using fossils, thinking they were garbage. And so now all of the fossils are just available mm. to grab, and I can pick them up. <laughs> yeah, it's still amazing, of course. But yeah. it just disabled so many fun crafts. I think, like, for example, like now you have to have like a certain type of base that might have all these other shit mods that you don't want to get the one mod that you do want. But then you can't have another influence, like, and it's it's, and the only way that you can get that other influence is if you awaken her orb, and if you want to awaken her orb and add another forty mods to the pool, uh, then that means that you need to either spam fifty six thousand of these fossils on average with a sixty six percent ratio, or you just awaken her and you, and you get a shitty item with three mods and you multi mod it. So it just ruined, I think, a lot of the fun with like very specific crafts, like which were really cool to do in the past. And it's I know, see that criticism. I, I see that criticism that that when they're now on the influence basis that you can awaken or orb them, and it would have been cool to have some that couldn't be awaken or orb. Yeah, and I think the awaken orb is terrible. I think it's absolutely horrible. I think it's not a cool thing for the game. To be like, oh, let's just mash two things together, and I have those two things, and everything else shit, and and it's deterministic. So like, I don't think things should ever be deterministic to that extent. And also like, I don't know. I think the awakening order was really not good. I think they should have just added the the slams and let us keep the crafting with fossils as it was. I agree with that. With that. Like my biggest problem with the with the whole process of they made influence items more attractive uh, and non-influence items are basically trash for the most part because the desirable mods are all locked gated behind the influence so for the higher end game you're gonna want to use um the approach of having influence items uh, and the fossils couldn't provide that and 
something that a lot of people are forgetting is the fact is the the effect of this. If uh, and the effect of that, where the point I'm trying to make is labyrinth. If you enchant a helmet, that helmet better be either unique or it has to be influenced, or it's going to be wasted for the most part, unless the influence that enchant is good for is something you can slap. Mm. That means that Elder and Shaper bases, this is mainly affecting Summoner stuffs, which are Elder and Shaper, or Elder only, uh, for the most part. Some do very few do Shaper only, but Shaper and Elder bases, which you can't slam, which means that the base you, you enchant on has to be an Elder or Shaper base that you then awaken or orb to get the, both influences to get that super big craft on if you want to, but they have to be influenced. So if you do a Hubris Circlet, and you enchant it, you get Spectre damage, that helmet's already wasted because it doesn't have the correct influence. You can only make it half-assed by slamming another incorrect influence on it and then putting it with Elder or Shaper on it through an Awakened Orb and then crafting it. It would still be subpar. And, you know, Labyrinth hasn't received any changes in a very long time, and the last change we saw to it was a gem nerf. <laughs> and the Labyrinth is a pretty big part of the game, and it hasn't been that buffed at all. And this, this influence effect has made Labyrinth be affected more than anything when it comes to uh, the base uh, achievement. Well, the the I lost the word. Uh, the the approach of actually getting these valuable base items that are then later used for crafting, uh, which Labyrinth had a pretty big effect on, especially specifically when it comes to helmets and to some degree boots. Right, I think minions specifically got shafted pretty hard. Because in every other aspect, it's best to enchant non-influenced items, right? You do, for anything other than a minion, you do not want an influenced item if you're going to be running lab, which, okay, we get more yeah, lab enchants from running then the maps, but let's ignore that whatever part. He wants, right? But yeah, that lets, that lets the, the buyer decide what influence they want. Yeah. In everything yeah. except minions, the correct move is to enchant non influenced bases 86 non-influenced bases and then let the buyer choose the influence they want but well, minions be... don't get that because we're talking about shaper and elder specifically right yeah shaper and elder specifically the only one that's super important to have only shaper or elder like to have only one the only the only crafting area that i know of that gets hard shafted is minions because they want right. Elder only, and, and there's Elder. no other... Slam. Yeah, they want Elder only, and there's no other good influence that doesn't add a bunch of garbage without giving you the ability for more power. Like, none right. of the others you want on a helmet. Righteous right, Fire. Yeah. Righteous Fire? That's true as well. Righteous Fire Elder. Only wants Elder. Okay, I forgot that was a build that existed. Yeah, um, I saw the helmet for 40X the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Still, people still yeah. play it. Okay, people, people are still playing that. <laughs> Summoners, okay. <laughs> for for the most part, most builds are okay. To there are just some niche ones, and yeah. part of me is like, do you just want Elder and Elder and Shaper orbs so that you can just have the influence you want? And some of me wants to say yes because that fixes the problem, but then some of me is like. But then that makes them exactly the same as the new ones, and right now they're different, and I like that too. And so I don't know what way to go with that. But I'm more with two now on this one, to be honest. But like with uh, the awakening or being uh, bad for the game in general, personally at least, I, I like the crafting aspect of it absolutely. But uh, 
you also have to keep in mind the fact that we mentioned before as well that the people using these for crafting are very, very few people. Most people sell them. Yeah, true. But for example, the only way I craft now is like I will buy one base that I want. I will alt spam till I get the one mod that I want. Like, for example, gloves. Like, okay, I want Frenzy Charge. And then I will get another base and I'll say like, I don't know, percent dexterity or something, right? And then I will imprint the Frenzy Charge and I will, you know, Waken her Orbit. If it's terrible, okay. Just imprint it again. Uh, Waken Orbit, if it's terrible, imprint it again. Like, And you just keep doing that and it's like, it's just not a fun way of crafting. I think it's it's not fun at all, and it's not really like you can do anything about it. It feels like the power is completely out of your hands as well. Like you can't be like min maxing like you could with fossils or anything like that. And it's just taking some of the fun out of crafting that I used to have. And it's yeah, a pretty painful experience. It's it's, it's the casualization of of crafting processes. Even if it costs a lot of currency to use those awaken orbs, it's still in a situation where it's so easily accessible, so easy to do. It's there's it's no longer this this struggle against the RNG where you're spamming the whatever material you're using, spamming fossils or essences or whatever, till you get the mods you want to keep and then work, see what you can right. do with. Is this something I can annul? Can I do previous can't be changed? Can I meta craft it? Can I do previous can't be changed and then annul off one of the two mods that are, that are bad? And then metacrafted or multicrafted, you know the, the the different aspects of going from this is the base item to this is the finished product uh, is no longer there with the awakened war because you just want those two specific mods, and then you'll whatever you get, you'll keep, and then you'll see if that's worth it or not. And I think the main big issue with this entire thing is that, uh, like we wouldn't feel that bad, but these two mods that you do want are just far and beyond way better, like. 7 to 10% more damage than anything else you can get on the item, no matter what. So it's like, if you're not doing that, then you're stupid, you know? There's like, there's no other way to craft. It's like, you have to do that. Or, you have to spend 66,000 fossils on average to hit it, which is <laughs> what you would need to hit, what you would need to do to just hit Frenzy Calling, which is yeah. two Warlord mods on gloves. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, just so screwed like it is i guess it's just it made crafting like really frustrating for me uh, yeah just really it's like the helmet I, we talked about before with the essence of horror i crafted the average amount of essences to craft to hit the mods i wanted it was 2.8 million essences and i right. hit uh i hit specific mods i hit, uh all but two of them and then i blocked the mana craft which would give me uh i think i had four or five percent chance to get one of the two mods I wanted. Five percent, I think. And I slammed it. I hit it. And after that, I was like, okay, my next slam would have about 2.3% chance to hit. And it would be, you know, mirror tearing. Then I slammed it. And it, it hit. And I got lucky. But that, that mm -hmm. process, okay, now I see. I have this high chance of actually making something really big out of this. That's the fun in crafting. But just sitting there and <laughs> slamming two items together with no control... It's like, okay, let's see if this was profitable. No, it wasn't. Okay, let's do it again. Was this profitable? Or was this something I'll use? No, it wasn't. Okay, next one. You know, it's, there's no fun in that. And again, back to the whole fossil thing, is, which made me the most upset about it, is that the only alternative to that was the fossils. And now there's just absolutely no alternative to it. 
It's either mm. you have a subpar item or you have that you've awakened or all together over and over again and got lucky, right? Exactly. Hmm. Is there anything that changed about the crafting meta in the last one, two, three patches, Tuna, that you do like? Because you sounded very negative overall now with all the changes. I think the mods that they've introduced, the, the mods that they've introduced are amazing. Like, there's some really, really cool, like, build enabling, like, cool mods, like, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's the process of getting them. And I also feel very negatively towards just giving ascendancy on items. I think that's not that cool, you know? It's like, yeah, oh, let's uh, just slap on Tailwind, Elusive. Uh, uh, both. You know, all this crazy shit, like, on, on just, like, one item. I think that's, like, all right, relax. Like, we're going a bit too far now. Like, <laughs> I, like I just really like identity in, 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 in RPGs where it's, like, I chose this because for me, this is yeah. what's good, right? Yeah, not everyone has everything. Because of this situation, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's just my very narrow perspective on how I like to play the game. How do you feel about catalysts? Anything. Do you use catalysts uh, while catalysts crafting, really actually, or them. just for the result? Do you actually use them to, really to like make catalysts. mods more likely to, to, to yeah, consume because... the quality? Because no, because fossil crafting doesn't consume the quality. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and if I was to like, let's say I crafted something with fossils and it doesn't consume the quality or whatever, or like I don't alt spam with them. I think that's just wasteful, right? I would like either fossil craft or essence craft until like you get something good. And by the way, it's like it's not actually that much more chance like compared to like fossils, like the the catalyst. But if you are meta crafting, then I would go through the effort of always putting 20% on the item, right? When it's like, oh, yeah. now I have like an extra little bit of tiny chance to hit what I do want. Then of course, before my slam, I'm going to apply the quantity and then I'm going to do that again if I, if I, if I want to slam again or whatever, right? Hmm. Yeah, but again, that only works on jewelry, so that's amulet rings and belts. But yeah, yeah. so I agree with that part as well. Like utilizing uh, catalysts, is something that I rarely do because those type of items is something I rarely touch in, in craft. Like ambulance have been to some degree and belts, yes. But I would only use them when I decide to meta craft, which is not that often. But then yeah, absolutely. There's there's no reason not to use catalyst in those situations where you're going to slam the item and you'd rather have that or that mod, then yeah, put put it on. It's it's not a big impact like the uh, amount of the the multiplier of the weight of the mod from the pool as uh, comes from the from the uh, fossils, for example. But it's still an increased uh, chance of you hitting the most you want. So yeah, absolutely. I'll see why you wouldn't do that. But yeah. it's it's again one of those things that I think even fewer people are using in the game. Most people, I'd, I'd assume, are only using Catalyst as a, oh, I want more attributes from my percent attribute increase belt. Or I want more resistance or HP or ES from my rings or amulets. And then they put that on rather than utilizing it for crafting. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Catalyst being something to be available to be applied on all pieces. All items? Okay. I think that would uh, be really cool. I, I, I like I've... Catalyst because I like the, the fact that you can like aim like, all right, so I would really like to have like this type of modifier on my item, so I'll give it a little bit of a higher chance. And like again, like 20% increased quantity uh, quality on the item is like really not that high of a chance. Like, it's not like... Uh, 
I think like uh, Irons and Chad explained it to me once. It's like it's nowhere close to like anything what fossils achieve with the ten times more likely to occur. It's like it's just a, it's just it's like twenty percent like more. More, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not. It's not more. It's like twenty percent increase. Yeah. For example, like a thousand weight ES pool or mod, for example, you put the uh, the quality on it, you get up to twelve hundred instead of one thousand. That's basically what it's doing. Yeah, but not only on that mod, but also on other ones, right? that would qualify for those tags whereas a uh, dense fossil would first off rule out mods from the pool in this case life pool and mods for example would be completely neglected which means that you're in a situation yeah. where uh, you you're the total pool of weighted mods or uh, the, the total weight of the pool is lowered which increases the chance of all the mods that are left to hit and then you're getting a multiplicative multiplier of 10 times that mod so a thousand is ten thousand instead so it's drastically better but uh, I don't mind that the catalysts are, are so uh, having such a small increasement of it. But the fact that there is an increase from it is something I really appreciate with it. But I would rather see it be something that would be available on all increases, especially with the, the fact that the percent increase is so small. And I think they're, re- they're not doing it on other pieces because of the simple fact that having 20% increase on a life mod on your chest piece, for example, would actually give you a lot yeah, of extra Yeah, that would be insane. It, maybe only facilitate the crafting, but not actually increase the values of the mods on the yeah. item. But I have a question, because you guys are much more experienced with those, uh, and I, I was wondering, annuls consume the quality, but do they make it less likely or more likely to hit the mod that is quality... No, is the mod that's quality? What? They don't. It's still random. No, not at all. Because I I thought then then I made a mistake or something like that. Because I thought I annulled an item and lost all the quality. I mean, you do lose the quality, but it's not like it's still one hundred percent random. What? Oh, okay. It doesn't affect the 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 annul at all. It just removes the quality. It just removes the quality. Because I thought it gives higher quality, a higher chance. I mean, it does I mean, on slams as well, right? Some people have said that it, it does affect it. But based from my discussion with, with people from GGG, they've told me that it's not affecting it. But I'm not sure if that's No, it actually it literally actually, says in the description text of I've the Op of I've never heard of that, actually. The item's catalyst decreases. quality decreases the chance of removing a modifier which matches the quality type. I should have just read the item description text. I thought it was a fun little topic to bring up because I was wondering the other day, but if you just read it, then... There you go. I played that 1,000 hours a league and there's always cool things to learn. So, yeah. Yeah. So when I annulled my life mod on my life quality amulet, it was just bad luck. Nothing to do with the... the quality. (laughs) Uh... All right, so we covered the crafting meta as well. Gazi, do you want to talk a little bit about Spectres? What are the the top additions? Like in 3.10, we got a lot of monsters available as, as corpses that we can then summon as Spectres for our summoner archetype characters. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, different, uh, different Spectres. I heard some names being thrown around like uh, Baronite Thaumaturges and, uh, and Redemption Sentries. But uh, yeah, do you want to quickly explain to us which which ones are the best ones for DPSing right now? Um, 
the highest paper DPS you can reach with the Spectre right now is uh, Slave Drivers. Uh, you can get around 700 million Shaper DPS with them. The problem with them still. is that unlike Redemption Sentries, they, they do not shoot one and a half, two screens away and cover the screen because you're going to have to conk effect on them to reach that number to start with. Uh, so in terms of clearing, it's not really preferable to, to sit on 700 million Shaper DPS, but they would, they would instantly kill any boss in the entire game. But then again, so does Redemption Sentries. Uh, so Redemption Center is currently, from what I've seen, the most favorable spectre for in terms of offense. But the uh, the, op- sorry. the slave slave drivers already existed in the game, and the redemption sentries are redeemer exclusive monsters, or where they're from. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're from the redeemer, the the blue conqueror. So you have to get to mapping, and then you have to get the influence, and then you have to summon the spectre from those corpses before they disappear because they don't stay forever. And then you have to go back to your hideout so that they're saved in the desert pool in your hideout in case they die in the map. Uh, How which, long do um, you have before they disappear? By the way, from my from my experience, a couple of minutes. It's not that it's not that short. Okay, that's okay. Um, I haven't I have never seen them disappear in front of me. You put it that way. Um, so I've cleared an entire room, gone double check the corpses, switch my gems, turn off an R, and then resummoned. So I've done that. So never really an issue in that sense. Um, there are some other options like Baronite Thaumaturge as well as Baronite Sisters are pretty cool, but they have so many issues with them. Uh, they can reach really sick numbers and make them one, you know, insta pop bosses with their mines. The Baronite Thaumaturge, for example, places lightning based mines which are not scaled on duration for some odd reasons. You can't make them pop faster with less duration and whatnot. Um, the Sisters have like a kinetic bolt looking lookalike magma orb kind of thing, but it's lightning damage. Looks pretty cool, but again, similar issues. The uh, Thaumaturge lacking a bit of clear speed and the bossing damage is a bit unreliable, which is again why Slave Drivers and Redemption Centers are better for the sake of offense. But we have been granted pretty cool utility specters. Um, we have a uh, Murabale's Retainer, I think it is. Uh, that okay, is that, that's the stuff that I'm digging into. Keep on talking. So, uh, so they, they are, for the most part, going to die almost immediately as soon as you look. And they look, in, uh, they look at the enemies in the wrong way. They're going to die. So it's pretty sad. But what they do is they, they curse enemies with uh, vulnerability at level 50. So, uh, yeah, they, they curse enemies for level 50 vulnerability. What? <laughs> uh, level 50 curse? Sorry? Level 50 curse? Juicy curse. Yeah, level 50 um, vulnerability. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely The equivalent insane. of a vulnerability that is gem level 50, just to clarify. Yeah. Um, let's see wow. if I can dig up the numbers real quick as I'm talking about them. That's crazy. Uh, vulnerability... Physical damage taken increased by 50%. Physical damage taken over time, 50%, and 20% chance of bleed. Uh, vulnerability, normal curse at level 20 grants 39% increased physical damage taken. These specters grants 50% increased physical damage taken, um, which was equivalent to a level 50 uh, curse. The problem with them is that their base life is only 6.5k HP with a 6.5k energy shield, and they're pretty squishy with zero rest except cold rest, they're capped on by default. So basically you put blood magic on them and they just spam their curses, but if anything accidentally hits them, they're dead. Um, 
I don't like them because they're too squishy. Other utility specs that we've seen uh, for the people that uh, ha are, for some reason, enjoying AFK and Blight on their strength stack in zombie builds, uh, a popular specter to use is the Thayev tool, which is basically the big rare uh, specter, those big rare enemies in the tool breach stones. Um, if you've done a tool breach stone, you'll notice the, these big ice storms or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, that the, big, the big golems with the swirly around them. Yeah, that <laughs> swirly shit. Yeah, that swirly shit. Uh, it's called a breach blizzard. Um, that gives you... I might be wrong with that. It was 10 or 15% reduced damage taken straight off the bat by being inside of it. And it gives you 20% chance mm -hmm. to dodge attacks and spells. On top of that. They have a cooldown of 9 seconds, I think, uh, and they last 10 seconds. So by being a summoner, you're already having 100% uptime of it. Uh, the yeah. problem is this, this Breach Blizzard or the Snowstorm is stationary. So very bad for clearing maps, but perfect for AFK Blights, for example, or for bossing. If you want that extra layer of defense in the hardcore and whatnot, it would be perfect for a boss encounter. If they pop that shit down, you get 20% dodge attacks and spells. Uh, on top of a flat damage mitigation, which is not sp specifically saying physical damage, it just says 50% reduced damage taken. So if you're capping yourself on 90% rest, for example, or whatever you whatever rest you have, the remaining damage would then be uh, getting um, you, you get another scaling of damage reduction because of that. You have a bunch of other uh, specters. We have proximity shield specters, but we already had that from the Undying Evangelist. Um, arena masters are pretty obnoxious. I uh, don't remember the numbers exactly, but I do believe it was 40% attack speed and movement speed or something like that. Uh, they don't really have 100% uptime, though, which is uh, almost impossible to reach on those. Where players. are they from? Let's uh, see. Arena Masters are from... the What's his face? The Yellow Conqueror, I think it is? Drox, the Warlord. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's Drox. Yeah. But these buffs only granted to the summoner. Obviously, the Blizzard, no, but. The Arena Master is basically an AoE temporary. It's an AoE Volar, if you will. They slam their shields, green right. AoE thing that happens. Anyone within the radius would get this buff for the uptime of this. Uh, so if you're. Sick. Yeah, if you have self crossing TC, that's great for that as well, for example. But um, for the most part, it's, it's pretty obnoxious for any. Any type of build with minions, because as soon as they pop that, your minions does so much damage, it's insane. Mm. Especially with how much damage we can get for minions, and then having the approach of them giving you forty percent attack speed, it's basically another augmented flesh offering on top of your damage output to them. Um, cool. We have a couple of other cool specters. So Scale of Esh is pretty cool. It's the spiders from the Esh Breachstone. Um, they have a terrible arc ability, and then they have a really good uh, lightning whip, which is similar to the slave drivers. The problem is that their main damage ability it has a big fat cooldown, making them unreliable in terms of damage output. What's mm. cool with these factors is that they actually summon small spiders. That also shoots arc, but they have a tendency of meleeing enemies, so they don't really scale that well. But if you want a huge army of spiders that is not a spark build, then they can be pretty cool to use. I'm currently um, using these uh, wraiths from uh, Haunted Remains in Delve that ignore the curse limit. 
It's pretty cool. There's two versions, one that curses Enfeeble and one that curses Temp Chains. I don't know whether you can use both in theory. I also only have one Spectre slot available because I'm using the power and Frenzy Church generating apes in, in my uh, Necro build with skeletons and animate weapons. But I, I do have a third Spectre and for that I use the guy that uses Enfeeble and ignores Curse Limit. So I can just curse vulnerability and I won't override his curse and he won't override mine. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of utility options with Spectres, which is really fun with it. Uh, we have, of course, the Synthesis Spectre, Synthil Synthete. If I pronounced that correctly? Synthil Synthete. Um, generic problem with them is no inherited Pierce Fork or Chain effect. Other than that, it's basically a LMP projectile shooting a lightning based damage specter with uh, really good numbers or numerical values in terms of damage. Other than that, it's the standardized specters and dying evangelists for proximity shields with barely no one uses carnage and host chieftains. The other cursing specters would be the, um, ooh, let's see if I remember the names, a death bishop for frostbite, um, ash prophet for flammability. Reanimator for Enfeeble, and the Temporal Change comes from the Mortality Experimenter, I think. That's basically the current list of Spectres. There are a few other Utility Spectres being discussed. The problem with them is similar to uh, the Arena Masses, where the database, or PUEDB, is not providing us with uh, the numerical values. So the only way we can check this is to have the Spectres and look at our tooltip and see what they do to us. And uh, that's providing a, a, a set of a long list of issues in terms of uh, us checking the, uh, the actual viability of these minions. The only thing we can see is their defensive numbers, rest numbers, armor, ES life. Um, so there are a few others that have not been properly tested yet that might be viable to use as well. But the ones that are listed are the ones I can fully stand behind at least. That's Making cool. me want to make a minion build. <laughs> yeah, there's so many cool new things about minions. Yeah, that's really really cool. It seems I like mean... they got like some of the most like um like little cool like mysteries about them as well. With the whole new like we added like how many monsters did they add? Like hundreds of them, no? So many. It's like three hundred ones that three hundred something. Right, which I. I bet you there's like some crazy shit out there, like still that nobody's figured out, right? The problem, we, um, the problem is that we don't have all the information prior. Yeah. I mean, myself and many other people in the community have been going through the database of all of these specters several times and uh, spent days doing it. And uh, the ones I had numbers on, I talked about some of them has uh, absolute insane numbers where you can reach stupid. DPS and whatnot with, but the problem with them is the problem with many of these minions or specters is um, their DPS being gated behind a big cooldown, making them unreliable. Mm -hmm. They have the other uh, other issue making them unreliable, which is the fact where a specter, if a specter has too many abilities uh, that are not good to use, they're no longer viable. Like redemption sentries have a couple of different abilities. They have their normal attack, which is a physical damage attack with a 75% call to uh, fist to call conversion. And then they have a uh, a barrage spell. And then they have a 
Uh, another spell where they shoot out a crystal, which they then use a snipe shot ability on. And if that snipe shot hits it, or if it's up for too long, it will then explode into multiple projectiles. The thing is, that all of these abilities are still good for clearing, which makes them still reliable to be used as a main spectre usage. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's something like, um, what's the um, Kitava Heralds? Uh, Kitava Heralds, for example, is a great, op- a great uh, display of how a spectre can be very bad with different abilities. Yeah. Uh, the Kitava guys from the canals the feeding through in the cathedral rooftop, uh, they have a leap slam, for example, which is absolutely beautiful because it has a 50% of their physical damage added as extra fire damage. Leap slam, which you can multi-strike for that matter, and it's absolutely insane. And it's big AoE as well. But they the also have a spell projector. It has a five-second cooldown. So their biggest damage is gated behind a five-second cooldown. And if they're in melee range, they start cleaving with a uh, bleeding mm. bleeding cleave attack, which also uh, has a six-second cooldown. So if they're in melee range, they've used their leap slam, they use their cleave, they will start white-swinging the enemies, which is terrible. And then they have what uh, Camas was saying, a mortar explosion. It's a spell that they're casting, which is a projectile that explodes. A projectile... Uh, well, yeah, it's a projectile spell that, that flies over to the destinated target and then explodes the melee damage, which you can GMP, chain, fork... And, well, not fork, but you can... Uh, chain the explosion of damage from it. You can GMP it for collateral shotguns, which still works for enemies and specters, which doesn't work for players. Um, and you can spell echo it. But the problem with that one is that that ability also has a three-second cooldown. So what they'll do is they'll either use their mortar or their leap slam, and then they'll use the leap slam if they haven't, and then in melee range they will cleave, and then we will start white swinging. <laughs> so they're super unreliable because of the vast differences in their abilities that they're doing. Um, so some people think that they're absolutely amazing, but it's terrible to have Thunder, too many. Yeah. So as we've gone we through all of these in the list, these 300 plus minions we've been able to achieve now, the ones we have the information about, some of them that has been promising have had too many different abilities to make them viable. Yeah. Makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> it's always like the mechanical like I feel like so many skills are just mechanically gated, even though they yeah. have the numbers to be like so super strong. It's almost the same with skill gems, but I don't know, it's almost like if you're like in Path of Exile, it's like you always just want to spam one skill, right? And I guess it's the same with Spectres. You just want them to spam one skill so you can you can boost that and make use of that. But if they're doing all these different things, like you can't really make use of them, right? Because of their like unpredictability, I suppose, and also because you can't even control them as well. So yeah. as you said, they start cleaving, and you can't control whether they move away or yeah, the combo you know, stop cleaving. Their spell, <laughs> right? If their leap slam is off cool, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, so stupid. But yeah, absolutely. And it's like the what you were saying with people want to use one ability to go through. They want to have a mobility skill and then the attack, the attacker spell that clears everything. That's what they want, and they want preferably want either that or another key by they use for single target, right? And that's why a lot of people were frowning on the whole idea of Chaos Dot when an ED Contagion was released because oh shit, you have to cast Contagion then do your damage. I mean hell, I might as well play a minion build, and that's that's basically the meme that went around when ED Contagion was released. Um, but I don't know. I, I like the reason I like Summon Bill so much, which is why I, I don't mostly play it. I just want to have that said. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the, 
it's more active. Like I, I, I usually yeah. offer desecrate, but it's still a convocation, mobility, positioning, EE, uh, all of those things makes the, the gameplay more interactive and more fun for me to play. Same thing with ED Contagion, because if I want to clear, then I'll put Contagion ED. Just that fact that I'm using another ability and then my main ability makes the gameplay more entertaining for me, rather than just holding down, well, Tornado Shot <laughs> as an example. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I've been also playing uh, like some weird builds that, like, for example, I'm using Cyrus Shards Fireball to clear maps. Uh, and then That's I like, I swap to Flame Surge, but then, like, because you know how Flame Surge works, is like it on, on paper, it's like super strong, but like you have to, like, you have to ignite with something first. You have to apply burning. And if you do that, the skill gem does 108% more damage. So then yeah. you're doing like, from like no damage to like literally double, <laughs> so you get like forty million DPS like quite easily uh, with flame surge. So I just like clear the map with my sire fireball, right? And then I just yeah. like swap on the boss, and, like after I've dropped a, a little brand on the ground. But it also yeah. allows you to do cool things like, you know, awaken curse on hit. You get two curses on there as well, and then you can also like you could technically use wave of conviction if you want to apply exposure and. Uh, it's just cool ways to min-max. It's in some way kind of makes me really look forward to uh, the gem system in PoE two. Aside for like other concerns that I might have towards it, uh, mm. which I hope you know they'll get sorted before it comes out. But yeah, I, I find like really cool that we'll be able to have like a lot of different gem gem combinations for for min-maxing things like that. Don't only right-click. I hope the right-click meta is like you know like sort of thwarted a little bit and so we can they've been going cool doing a good job things. been doing a good yeah. job uh, diversifying the, the builds that they like or incentivizing that builds run more than just one skill i think just every thing, build yeah. not just summoner builds have like, significant pressure on their gem slots on their sockets because like everyone yeah. could use that one additional socket i remember like i was playing a bane juggernaut don't judge me this is a hard league, <laughs> hardcore. Um, I remember seeing those posts on Twitter. <laughs> and um, I was actually running two unset rings because I just wanted more skills in my build. Not a yeah. summoner build, but I, I just felt like I needed them. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the, the multiple builds. Even the, like you mentioned with the weapon swap, I, I played a couple of weeks ago the... Uh, BL Miner, which I made over to a Pyroclast Miner. Well, this league, the um, the Nova Ring is super expensive, whatever it's called. Um, but it, that I build was... You mean now. Yeah, so the, the, with the targeting, his mines would automatically target enemies with Beautiful with pyro, with a Pyroclast. But it's like, even then, even with that ring, it would still be better to just do a weapon swap to a Fireball Mines and, and clear with that and do the weapon swap for the boss. Uh, even yeah. that Play that simple thing of just clicking your weapon swap key for the boss felt more interactive than having a build that just has one key that I just hold down. For sure. What's your take on this, Balara? I mean, you've been playing um, your uh, your, and that's pretty much a, a right click build, right? Yeah, I mean, most of this league I've just spent on Herald stacking because of how much goddamn fun it is. Um. I don't, 
I don't know that I care. I've played both builds that have multiple buttons and builds that only have one, and it makes absolutely no difference to me. Fair like, enough. I, I get bored if the character is so powerful that I can blatantly ignore everything. Uh, like, this Herald stacker would make me bored if it wasn't for the fact that I could juice content to the point where it could kill me. I would have stopped playing it in a week because I, I think I only care about the actual having to dodge things or being able to be killed by mistakes. I don't really care whether I've got to press one or two or three buttons. It just doesn't, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't even factor into my brain. Hmm. I don't know. I just find it more entertaining to have more to do. Feels less. I mean, we're playing MMOs and stuff, Gazi. Maybe, maybe, yeah. It's, yeah, maybe it's because of that. I don't know. I, I kind of like the concept of rotation <laughs> to some extent, but at the same time, yeah. I, I feel like um, PoE is not that kind of game, right? Where because it's also like something that was like, you know, you like having a burst rotation is kind of fun, but again, it doesn't really apply. I don't think we should really try to introduce it into poe but maybe that's why we enjoy it more just having that burst rotation that i i, re I really enjoyed about my sire ball right i walk into the to the boss room or into a boss i put a brand down i pop valor f and then i just weapon swap and poof, you know it just feels like i actually bursted him through like a little sequence of things that i have to do and i feel like yeah, that's really like, satisfying yeah. for me it's like the burst rotation you know yeah but i like the the uh the tra the um uh, um uh I have my words getting later um <laughs> but I like the idea of comparing it to the idea of MMOs where a rotation is pretty much what's needed in most MMO games right I think that absolutely has something to do with it as that will actually give you the um I'm not sure how to say it, but it's like a, the, the um entertainment of something like. It, it feels like you prepped that up. You did that through skills. It wasn't right. because uh, you had enough gear to burst it down with uh, holding that right click. You you set that up. You put a totem down with wave of conviction, a stone brand down, or Armageddon brand, and then you, you know, then you did your damage, and that's why you did so much damage to the boss. It's like I don't know. It, it's uh, it's satisfying. entertaining. It's like it's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For sure. But I do also with. Um, was it Kitsa? He said he enjoys both. We, I do enjoy both as well, but it's also yeah. like I I enjoy both, and I also enjoy mixing them. You know, like as I said, at the, even at the start of the podcast, like Tornado Shot was like one of my favorite things, and mm. you know that was really fun. But I also like how you can you could use Tornado Shot and Barrage, and like you know like just combinations of things that so just like min maxing. Uh, like what skill you use in certain situations, right? Um, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I think that in PoE two we'll see a lot, a lot like that, with the idea of having so many available six links. I mean, obviously there's going to be some huge reworks on summoners, <laughs> but uh, right, yeah. Yeah. every minion in a six link. Ah, <laughs> oh, please ah. no. Uh, uh. <laughs> Can you imagine Golem 
I will have one of everything, please. <laughs> but I, mean, I think that that might be um, a situation where they allow us to, or maybe even promote using several abilities rather than one. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. If you know. think about it as well, it might actually be really cool as well for like these new minions that they've introduced, like where they act as simply supports for mm. like certain builds. Like I use AG on my non-summoner builds. I love AG. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's insane. You know, I yeah. just make sure to gear him up and yeah, to get his res like really dying. high and get him chaos res, elemental army, minion life, meat shield, you know, like I dedicate a four link to it so it doesn't just die to everything. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like an investment in terms of gems and stuff, but I find that it would be pretty cool also to be able to utilize certain things on different builds and to create some sort of more interesting combos for, for you know, that might not be optimal or whatever, but that are like fun to do. Oh, absolutely. Like there's combinations, and that's also something that's really fun with summoners in general, even if a lot of it can be very similar to one another. There's like Take the AEG, for example. There's so many different ways you can do it with him. You can do a change of command version of him. You can do a, a classical aura style of him with Lear cast, Dying Breath approach, Guitarist Flight, Fix Charity, if you want to do that as well. There's like a couple of different approaches to it. And then you have the higher-bodied approach of Kingmaker, Mask of the Stitch Demon with mm-hmm. a high chaos life rest with Bench DS as extra life, and he's going to regenerate 30 to 40,000 HP per second. Oh, I like- need that Mask of the Stitch Demon. I need. I- Is there any way I can get a Mask of the Spirit Drinker to drop? I got the vial, but like, this is just running Temple, so is there anything else that I can do to maximize my chances? Pure trade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks. <laughs> They're very cheap. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the thing about SSF. It's like it's so like difficult, right? Like, well, I got already got the hard like part. I already got the vial. Like, I just need the base <laughs> item. It's funny. The vial should definitely be the harder part. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. It is the harder part, but I already got it. It's always like I remember that. watching like a friend of mine play SSF, and he was playing like a. Uh, a totem build, you know, like where they curse themselves, and like he's playing for ages and ages and ages, and he can't get this kick as armor, right? And then, like in the time I've been watching him, I've dropped like three. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this poor guy, dude. I feel like you get like just whatever you need in SSF, you never get it. It's it's that's a, that's probably why I don't play SSF. I'd just be like frustrated. Actually, someone in the chat like, said. Um... Imagine a proper DPS AG. Before this league, you know, having 100 million shaper DPS was, you know, that's not something that was commonly known how to do. 100 million shaper DPS build before this league. Right. And um, I did make a change to command build for with an enemy guardian, having mirror tier gear. I think his gear would be worth about 450 to 500 exalted. And that build would do 110 million shaper DPS. But, but the problem is that's animate weapons, right? He would only do about 3 million shaper DPS. But that's in mirror tier gear. So it is possible, but you know, just gonna open up your wallet a little bit. Yeah. Like so often. But uh, I think we've heard a lot of interesting points and we went totally over time as is tradition. But uh, before we round it up, let's let's quickly uh, like talk one round about the, the Tencent race on the Chinese realm the thing that people are currently busy 
playing their first oh couple God. hours in. I think it started like, uh, when was it? I want to say, ago? yeah, 10 hours ago. And, nope. um, well, basically there is a different company than GGG organizing things for the Chinese market because they know how the Chinese market receives certain features and they, they know what to prioritize. So the game is a little bit different in the Chinese version. And for this special event, they invited a bunch of the Western racers as well and gave them accounts with, uh, you know, all the goodies on. So you could buy a map tab, a currency tab, and uh, the loot pets that exist, for example, in the current uh, Chinese version. Have you guys seen any of the action going on? Um, and what do you think about the, the features that are on the Chinese realm? Let's start with Tuna. I think that, um, you know, like, first of all, like I saw all the complaining on Reddit. And, um, <laughs> I think people have to realize that the way the, way the game works is that GG is making the game for us, right? And, and then they, they basically give that game to, to Tencent, right? To the, China, to the Chinese company that's pushing it. And they have their own developers, which just add things on top, right? And so they have like an entire team of people that literally just develop on top of the game. So it's not like we can expect to get like all the same shit as them uh, with the current team that we have because the game is being developed by the team that are making the game for us, right? And so like all these things that people want uh, like are being developed by an entirely separate team that have nothing to do with the base game. Uh, so first of all, like I just wanted to say that for like people that are like angry about it so just give gg a break right in that regard but i also think that uh for example like people wanted that um that thing where you like the auction house system that's trash right you can't no, search for worse. roles that's absolutely trash trade trade than it's like got. it's like the <laughs> ps4 system and people are like always making fun of it they're like oh how do you trade on consoles like that's literally it but at least that's it's cross instance yeah, I would well, like sure, sure. I would like to add cross instance trading onto our current system and that be the end of it. That's just so I don't have to leave lab and everything else is fine. But then it would instantly go to hell within one week of the leak starting. True. But at the same time I I think uh and I'm, I'm again maybe a little bit elitist on this, but I think inconvenience is good because inconvenience creates skill gap. Uh, or effort gap, I don't know, depending on how you want to see it, right? Uh, which allows certain people to, like, if I put in the effort, I get something out of it, rather than just being, like, being fed, basically, by the in-game systems. And everyone being able to do the exact same thing with just minimal effort. I think, to some extent, that's sort of why I kind of, like, trade in the way that it is. and. Uh, I did agree with the point that it's absolutely annoying as Gazi had to like buy like thousands and thousands of essences. But because you did that, you made that mirror tier item, right? If everyone was able to bulk buy essences, maybe maybe someone would have beat you to it, right? Like, for example, like it's because you put in the effort in to, to, to do it is, is why you were rewarded with potentially making the mirror tier item for that class, right? Or for yeah. that specific sub niche. 
so to I some extent, that... I just feel like trade in itself is creating this this concept of like being rewarded for your efforts uh, by being a pain in the ass. And sure, we should we should find ways to make it a little bit more uh, like a little bit better to some extent. But if you introduce too much ease of use, we might lose that. And I think that's one of the one of the cool things about PoE. Yeah, there is a helmet that's better than mine. But he bought the perfect stuff. He says he metacrafted it, uh, right. which cost him a lot of currency. It's it's a bit better than mine, but um, that's not with essences. But I think that with better accessibility, more people would actually do something with it. Not not that someone else would beat me to it in this specific example, but I think that more people would feel inclined to actually do crafts with these things if it was easy to that's trade. True. But um, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to see trade being made easier either. I don't know. It's. It's. I guess it, it's one of those situations where I want it to be easier. Uh, or well, I want people to respond. Okay. I just want yeah, you to say yeah. no, it's sold or. I don't you know, have a problem. I, I said that before. I don't have a problem with trade being difficult to to finally get to a result. The problem is that the the the, the process towards getting your traded item is paved with frustration and with people not yeah. responding and with with bots and with yeah. uh, like just bad feelings it's it's not a problem to wait for something if you feel like you're making progress towards it but it just feels so random at times and it's gotten worse over the years like i really when i started playing poe in 2014 and made my first steps in hardcore in 2015 and i you know, made my first trade experiences. I really enjoyed the system, but over time, it just got so. It just got worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I can feel. I can see what you mean. Imagine a system where it's like the trade system is the same. You still have to whisper someone. They still have to reply to you, and there's gonna be issues with the API, which there always is, right? So maybe the guy sold it or whatever. But like, yeah. he would have to reply to you. He'd invite you to the party. You go to his hideout no matter where he is, like there's this like little box and you collect your items. And she's like just this shop or like his premium tabs, but you're only able to take what you want and put That's exactly what I want. The currency in. Yeah, like Which would be that would be like a good compromise, I guess, out. to make it easier for both the seller and the buyer. Um, yeah. And I and I would think that that would be okay, but I don't want to have an auction house system in a free to play game like that. I don't know. It would just go way, 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 way bad. Like it would be way worse for actual players and, like you know, oh, yeah. RMT bot farms, which is absolutely destroy trade. Way more yeah, than it's also the fact that the, like the ordinary player would would feel more inclined to actually participate in flipping as well because it would be easier to understand and do if you have the interface in front of you. Whereas now you actually have to go through third-party tools through PUE.trade or pathvector.com slash trade and set it up like that and keep track of the market and then do it that way. But if you have the interface in front of you, more people would flip and bots would screw it up even more, uh, in my opinion. So no, I agree with that. But having like, say you can have like five or 10 items in a specific shop uh, decoration in your hideouts. So if you invite someone, you can be in a map and you have an item for sale that someone want to buy that's in that specific uh, shop. They can just do pick it out himself in the hideout. Right. Something like that would make it a lot smoother for a lot of people. I don't think that would be that painful, or that wouldn't be a problem for the game in, in general. But it would smoothen a lot of m small trades for a lot of people. Sure. But then again, that's only a very tiny quality of life, which I'm assuming 
I'm not a programmer. I'm just a streamer with no brains. So it's like uh, I'm not sure how big of a process that will be for uh, for for the developers to implement as a minor quality of life feature, which is in the end making trading easier, which they have said that they don't want to do. They don't, don't want think it to be easier. Yeah. Outside of all the the you know trade quality of life differences. The, the loot pets and the you know, extra account bound currency quest rewards. Uh, how cool do you think it would be if GGG actually gave us races again, hardcore solo cell phone events, or or generally I want like them so badly? Because the last one was synthesis, right? I think so. That's like a year ago. Yeah. I think that the, the the racing scene has been more and more moved over to third party than themselves. I don't mind that too much. I mean, we have Camel, we have Method. I know that the, those guys are amazing, but they just don't have the tools that the GGG developers have. No, right. I, I miss the race seasons a lot, but I also think that like the community is showing more and more that they want racing in in these type of uh, situations. And I mean, the organization that I'm signed with, Absolute Legends, have been talking to me about the possibility of maybe setting up races as well. So I mean, I think it's going to be more and more. And the more people, the community is showing GG that this is what they want, I think that eventually they're, they're going to have to. Because it, ultimately, it, I, I had a discussion with Chris about this, Chris Wilson. And it's like, it's, it's a perfect way for them to increase revenue for their company as well. They can easily have a race season. And then similar to BR games did a couple of years ago with like battle passes. Yeah, you get free MDX rewards for seasonal approaches. If you buy a battle pass, you get access to some extra exclusive MTXs by getting points in the races uh, if you have a battle pass. So something like that, and that wouldn't be any pay to win feature or anything at all either. It would, that would just be another way for them to sell MTXs and have I know I would buy it, and I know many others would as well that aren't specific races either. They would just do it because it's fun, and they would get some extra MTX rewards for doing it. I don't think that would be a bad thing for the company or the game. So we'll see what happens in the future, I guess. The hopes are high. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want them to give us things we can waste our money on. So, I mean, still, I think, I think. I think I'm a little bit, I'm a tiny bit worried for GGG over the next 10 days. There's a lot of quality of life things and a lot of pay to win things in the Chinese client. There's a lot of both of those and people have a very hard time in general, uh, separating those two. I I quite often see them misused like, Oh, this is a great quality of life feature when it's clearly pay to win stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be. There's going to be a lot of people screaming for a lot of things that are quality of life, and then there's going to be a lot of people screaming they want quality of life features that are actually pay to win yeah. things, and we're going to be massively exposed to all of these features for the next ten straight days by all of the races, basically. I think and they should turn off Reddit for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I would, so, I would just switch it off. Like, and it's going to be bad because I know there's stuff I want. That passive planner is insanely good. I want it. And and I know that we had it and it got disabled. And that so it's probably it, it it's probably really easy to put in. Like, yeah. 
it already exists. I see it working, and all it is is just a plan of your passive tree, just highlighted so that you can not have to alt-tab in the path of building. Like, that's a, that is a quality of life feature, and I want it. Pretty chill, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's fantastic, and I want it. <laughs> I think the only thing that really upsets me about it is that Reddit generally is, like, really toxic about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like you look at like ninety yeah. percent of the comments, and they're just like, "I've stopped playing the game because they stopped giving a shit." And it's like all this stuff, and it's like, if you're a developer and you go in there, you're like, "Wow, <laughs> well this sucks." You know, it's like, and you know, these people are probably like, yellow map Andy, you know, that puts like one hour into the game, and never plays again, or some shit like that, <laughs> and and yeah. it's just like. I played the game for two hours a day and now I have carpal tunnel. It's like, bro, like, unless you had like some issues before, like, or, like what's, what's, you know, like that doesn't happen, right? Like, how are you flasking? Do you have the a fucking fuck? cement keyboard? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, to be like, fair, bro, my mouse hand has so much problems with it now that I've stopped fusing and linking gear entirely. I don't do it <laughs> right. I legitimately, yeah. for the last, for this league and the previous two, I do not use much, all link sure. gear. Yeah. At but all. you can do what MP does and like you can bind it to your scroll wheel, right? That's yeah. not TOS. Because uh, it's as an long action, as, right? Every tick uh, is an action. Apparently. As long as you but, can't unlock it. But I can unlock right. mine and I don't want so to get accused of shit. I'm allowed to do that. That was my first thought. Like I'll just unlock my <laughs> scroll and just let it go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what we we the chance rob challenge uh me and uh, my buddy was playing with uh he uh held down scours and i held down chance orbs <laughs> we just spammed a box till it turned unique <laughs> <laughs> then we just changed currency and he did it on the next box so he got the challenge as well took like you know, four or five seconds yeah nice i need to do that for that challenge that's way quicker than doing it yourself jesus yeah, it's like oh, the yeah. only chancing yeah. challenge where you can cheese it because you can have someone else scour for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's only possible on the boxes. You can't do it on items on the ground. Yeah, right? exactly. Unless you can access the uh, thingy on like uh, not a bench, bench, but uh, like in Alva, there are like benches there, right? If they they can see it, but they can't use it, so you put like the sacrifice table. I'm not sure if they can. Maybe. I doubt it, but I want to try it because if you can, I think you want to try that as well. Yeah, <laughs> I got jewels that need to chance or something. That would be a solution. Because fuck doing it yourself, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, I play trade league for a reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was uh, pretty good. I think I'm afraid I don't want to cut you off the entire time, but we're so much over time that we really have to finish. Otherwise, I run the risk of not being able to upload it to my host without no paying uh, extra. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we finish, first, of course, a thank you to the guests, Gazi and Tuna. It was great to have you joining the podcast. If you guys you haven't checked out Gazi and Tuna's content, make sure to give them a follow and say hi in their streams. If you missed the start or if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, I want to draw your awareness to the fact that this episode will be available in full on all common podcast platforms. 
such as uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And if you want to feed your nightmares and see our faces as well, as well as the pretty Gazi and Tuna, of course, uh, uh, as a video on youtube.com slash Mage. The next episode should be on Saturday, 23rd of May, 9 p.m. GMT, but it can never hurt to just follow on Twitter uh, Mage and myself for updates regarding the Faded Connections. And of course, if you want to support the production of the podcast, check out our respective streams, hang out, lurk in chat, stir up discussions, and uh, you know, ch check out all the ways that you can support if you are into that sort of thing. Uh, Tuna and Gazi, do you want to have the last word? Thanks for having us on. I think it was fun. Good discussion. It was nice yeah. uh, actually chatting to you as well, Gazi. Yeah, this is the first time you watching your content as well for like you know, you know when I got when I got started getting into PoE, you're know, oh, really ruling over YouTube and shit. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, you don't start being like already a degenerate gamer like I am now. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you had a role model? Available there. <laughs> I mean, many role models. I feel like there's many people in PoE to look up to. You know, and. uh yeah, it's nice that you have your content out there for people starting out and shit. I'm really curious. Everyone's got to start somewhere, right? Position changes. That's, uh, uh, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> you're trying to make me blush here because you're like, succeeding. <laughs> I, I can't sleep now with a smile on my lips. That's very kind of you, man. Thank you. Um, no, it was good talking to you as well. I mean, I've seen you on the in the delving as well, so it's it's really nice. It's the first time you and I actually talk to each other, uh, verbal at least. So it's really crazy the delving. It's not something I personally have been uh, pushing myself, but um, it's really crazy to see it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, thanks for having us on, Cat and Ballard. Appreciate it as always, man. Let me know next time you want me on. I'll be here. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. And uh, bye bye. See you on the next Faded Connections in roughly two weeks. <laughs>